welcome to the Drive Home Breakdown. We have a treat in store for you this week. Wait, no, I'm sorry. We in no way, shape, or form have a treat in store for you this week. We uh, we decided to do another running commentary this week in the build-up for next week's release of the uh, the new Godzilla film in theaters uh, with an older catalog Godzilla title. Uh, unfortunately, out of the multitude of Godzilla films we could have chosen, we decided to go with the 1998 Matthew Broderick version. Um, so, yeah... Uh, you know, if you listen to last week's episode all the way through till the end, you knew this was coming. So, frankly, you only have yourself to blame. Uh, for everyone else out there, I would just up front like to apologize. I do believe I try to blame this idea on Brent late in this episode when, in fact, it was always my idea. I guess I just couldn't quite come to terms with admitting that until until now. Uh, before we get there, though, I did want to talk just briefly about last week's episode in which we did a review of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and uh, and some of the feedback that we got on the website about it. Uh, it did seem like there was a pretty big consensus that was much less favorable towards this most recent Spider-Man movie uh, than I think uh, Brent and I had a take on it when we uh, did our review. Um, reading in the comments, I thought the great feedback, I thought a lot of the points were really good, a lot of the criticisms were 100% accurate. Um, it was actually kind of interesting, too. I think a lot of the criticisms brought up in the comments were similar to some of the criticisms we had when we were doing our review. It just, I don't know, for whatever reason, didn't seem to weigh as negatively on us as some of the positives did um, for, for us. you know. And that's the thing that's so great is you can have tons of different people watch the exact same movie and, and just take you know totally different things away from it. Um, much like, you know, our feelings about Iron Man 3 seem to differ from quite a few other people. Um, and that's, uh, and that's also some feedback we've gotten is that a lot of people want to hear our, our review on that, which will definitely be coming sometime down the line. But we, we just, we love getting that feedback. It's so interesting to hear your thoughts on the movies, your thoughts on the podcast. Uh, we want to hear that stuff. Please leave your comments, please leave your feedback, uh, as much as you can. We definitely read it. We definitely take it into consideration when we're doing new episodes. Uh, so we really, really appreciate that. Uh, so having said that, um, it is time for us to, to go through this. Uh, check back with us next week with the new Godzilla if you're stopping now, which you you know totally understandable. Uh, if you're going to continue with us, uh, I hope you enjoy our um, running commentary on Godzilla from 1998. Okay, guys. So uh, we are getting ready to roll, for better or worse, <laughs> on 1998's Godzilla. Yeah. And um, we are we are at the black screen just before the TriStar logo. So as soon as we, we hit play, you're going to start to hear the opening uh, trumpet from the TriStar music, and then you know, it fades into to the TriStar bumper. So that's where we are. Um, we are not... This is not a copy on DVD or Blu-ray. This is a copy we got off the internet. So... Um, it's a, a digitally distributed uh, version. It is. It, it's so forward-thinking of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, in in fairness, they never expect anybody to pay for this movie at That's this exactly point in right. time. Well, and also in fairness, we actually do own this movie on DVD. We that just can't true. find it. We just can't track it down. <laughs> but we know we've got it somewhere. We do know that it exists. <laughs> so anyway. Oddly enough, I have the special edition that came with like a CD single. Of yeah. the Jamiroquai single. Well, I think that was the entire reason you bought it. That was the only reason I really got it. You sure as fuck wasn't for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Our standards were a lot lower back in 98, though, too, honestly. That's true. That's true. But Although so, I'm not sure if that 
I'm not sure that really excuses it. I don't know if it's still elevated to that point even then, but okay. So anyway, uh, we are going to uh, we are going to press play. I'm going to go three, two, one, click, and so uh, that is uh, that is what you're going to need to do in order to uh, in order to sync this up. So here we go again. We're at the black just before the TriStar logo, and three, two, one, click. Is it over yet? <laughs> it? Oh, it's just. Oh, wait, it's just starting. All right, it's only just begun. You know, I actually, I do. I kind of miss. Uh, I kind of miss the TriStar logo. It, it's I do weird. Too, a little bit. It's weird the things you have nostalgia for, but I, I do actually have a, a bit of nostalgia for the TriStar. You remember? I'm absolutely. You remember with the you version there. of this logo where like it started off and like the cloud was kind of like the the horse was running running the into exactly. Yeah, I kind of miss those old intros. You know, I mean, like, like I mean, not I to say too. that we you know we've got the ones now. But yeah, but there's, there's new ones, you, but. It's weird the way you have nostalgia for those things. Yeah. Like I was talking about uh, last time, you know, before uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, about how I always associate the Columbia logo with Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, well, and, and like the 20th Century Fox. I mean, you Star always Wars. think Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's yeah. just... Uh, even the new ones, I hate to say... It's it's one of those changes that you're just like... I, I kind of like the old... The old one, the one that's just that flat, you know, picture with the moving, you know, lights yeah. behind it, you know, as opposed to the new 3D sort Everything of got newfangled and fancy. And if mm-hmm. there's any lesson we can take away from Godzilla 1998, <laughs> is that newfangled and fancy ain't exactly the last, <laughs> it ain't exactly the best way to go. Matthew Broderick, uh, who of course was a, I guess a bit of a teen heartthrob, I don't know, I... We're going to talk about this a little bit once the movie gets going, yeah. Uh, because there are constant references to him being hot and and hunky and handsome and <laughs> and all this stuff, and and I'm wondering if I'm Is wondering that if ring true. Yeah, I'm wondering like who who quit and didn't take the role and they had to replace with Matthew Broderick because it certainly doesn't seem like the role was written for him. He he seems very homely to me. This is probably like the. This is easily his last and, and maybe his biggest sort of like blockbuster movie he ever did, don't you think? I mean, like he did maybe. other more popular movies, well, but like in terms of like right. a summer blockbuster, I think this is maybe the only one that I can really think of. I mean, you know, he, I, I can't think of I can't think of anything else right now. But at the moment, my mind is completely focused on protecting my sanity from this <laughs> from this waste pit, this nuclear, dare I say, waste pit of cinema. Um, I, I mean, you it, know, I thought maybe we were going to try to give the movie a fair shake, but uh, it's now, that, now that we're actually watching it, I realize no. <laughs> you know, it is kind of interesting. They still, you know, there's still sort of those beats that, that they always hit. Like, of course, we're starting off with the looking at, uh, was that Bikini, the Bikini Atoll or whatever, that uh, where they did all the nuclear testing. Yeah. And that's, of course, you know, where, where the... Where the Godzilla comes always, from. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, they, they it, it, it's kind of interesting that, you know, they... Even in some of these sort of where you know, I think a lot of people agree that this one took a pretty drastic detour from the yeah, just a little bit from the norm. But uh, it's uh, too bad that this poor uh, iguana here, whatever this thing is, couldn't have found a uh, refrigerator to hide in. Well, what do you, I mean, he's <laughs> well, yeah, because that would have protected. That would have protected. How do you him? know he is not the one that turned into Godzilla? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting. This question. is this is essentially a, a shot at like you know steroids into his arm. <laughs> That's all it is. That's how nuclear radiation. That's works. how nuclear radiation works. We've learned this from comic <laughs> books and uh, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting the way that uh, Roland I, Emmerich. Whew. It's interesting the way that uh, that this film does at, at least in, in this in this opening scene uh, the the kind of the credit sequence we've just seen, which is obviously establishing this whole notion of nuclear testing and and the fact that uh, that. 
possibly a radiated lizard egg is is what's going to be the the catalyst for the film. Certainly, uh, that and this scene that uh, that we're about to watch right now, as the uh, the lightning strikes into frame, and uh, and we are transported to a Japanese cargo ship. This scene, basically out of 1954's Gojira, the uh, the, the movie that started it all. That movie also begins with um some uh some 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 sailors on a on a cargo vessel uh suddenly being suddenly being sunk by uh, by something in the ocean and we're not sure what so in, in that sense uh the movie starts off in an almost identical fashion to uh, to the original but the thing that's interesting is that the original gojira um was made i think 10 years after the the atomic bombs were dropped on Japan the, you know, right at the right. end of World War II. That movie was uh, – and considering the fact that the movie was head-on tackling uh, you know, atomic weapons and, and the consequences and all that stuff, it, an incredibly the progressive con- the title. The consequences being giant lizards roam the earth <laughs> destroying it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the, my point is that when Gojira was made in Japan, it was an incredibly relevant film. And – we think of it as a sci-fi movie, but in a way, at the, at the point that the first one was made, I don't, I don't know if they were going so much for that as almost as much as like a political sort of like like there was some serious or, commentary going yeah, on yeah. In, in that film, and they took it seriously as as opposed to yeah. I mean, you know, Godzilla became on. very yeah. you know became campy and, and so forth later on, but in, in that original film, it was it was played very straight. Yeah, um, and uh, the thing that I was thinking about in watching this opening scene. Uh, Followed by the credit sequence is just is that whole theme of the the dangers and the consequences of nuclear weapons was that as relevant in 1998 as it was in 1954 uh, to a Japanese audience? Well, and I mean, was this? And I hate to say, it, I think maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think the kind of the Japanese audience sort of panned this maybe even more so than the American audiences did when it came out. And they had every right to. And And, uh, and they answered answered the following year with Godzilla 2000, 2000, which was actually a good movie. Well, you know, it's it's good in that sort of of campiness of Godzilla and that sort of... You know, the the thing is, Godzilla, like you said, the first one, the original, Gojira, uh, uh, really was kind of played more for... um, a, a serious in tone, a serious, a serious movie. Whereas you, you yeah. get into the the later movies in the franchise, and it was definitely played more for kind of campiness and over the top, you know, sort of you know, action, sci fi, however you want to yeah. you want to say it. I, I don't want uh, this I don't definitely overst- play played more towards that. I think you know more towards that side of things. Yes, very, very, very true. And the the other thing about this, as we'll discuss, is that um, in a lot of ways, this isn't a Godzilla movie at all. Um, this movie is uh, everybody kind of points to this movie being Jurassic Park. They say, "Oh, they just ripped off Jurassic Park," because at the end of the film, you have a bunch of little Godzillas, you know, reminiscent of yeah. maybe the Velociraptor, Velociraptor scene, and, yeah. and, and they hit a lot of the same beats. There's a lot of the same gags. It definitely that, felt that like it was inspired in the way Park. it was shot, and and, and yes. the action beats and stuff like that were played. Yeah. But uh, that that aside, this movie is actually, in my opinion, it's not Jurassic Park. What this movie actually is is Jaws. Uh, th- this movie is actually a very, very feeble attempt to uh, to rip off Jaws, 
and um, that there, there's there's a number of, of ways that, that that plays out time and time and time again. Can I just point out though at this point how serious uh, the military needs to get around worm stealing? <laughs> I know, right? Because uh, I mean, this is the way it should be handled. Listen, the U.S. State Department will stand for a lot of shit. Okay, <laughs> it will let it will let a lot of shit go down. But you start stealing worms electrically, they, they are on your ass. <laughs> If you start stealing worms electrically, I mean, they yeah, are on your ass. They are up your ass, in it, and on it. And you are <laughs> fucked. Um, so here we are in uh, Tahiti, which all of us, I think, recognize as Hawaii. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, good try. And uh, we see Jean Reno. Jean Reno has a, has a rather mysterious, interesting character that... Uh, that that we see a lot in the film before we ever kind of find out who, what he's about. What and, he's about, who, why he's there. Yeah, who who he uh, who he really is, and all that uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that uh, the the thing that that's that's kind of interesting about uh, this scene, or, or the thing that that really stuck with me, is the fact that they actually do. There, there's a, there's a kind of a gag in the movie where uh, you know this this first. Uh, this this first gentleman that they interview here, this the sole survivor from the the shipwreck, uh, Jean Reno asks him, uh, "What what did you see?" And, and he responds, "Gojira, Gojira." And uh, later on in the film, somebody refers to somebody was referring to the monster as Godzilla, and somebody corrects him, was like, "That's not how it's pronounced." Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it, you know, kind of just you know, going back to the fact that uh, that Gojira was. You know, was renamed for American audiences as Godzilla. Gojira is a is an amalgam uh, of the Japanese words for gorilla and whale, uh, which does not seem to which in no way giant lizard, <laughs> which in no way relates to the fact that he's a giant fire breathing lizard. But uh, <laughs> that's all right. Um, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask God, you a question. He really is a heartthrob, though. Can I just? <laughs> Can I just jump in here at this point and say I I'm sold. It, it really only took me that one scene. I'm not even into guys, but now that I'm really I'm, looking at him, I, I mean, mean maybe I, maybe I've been in the wrong all these years. <laughs> um, you know the the thing the thing about this uh, the thing about this movie and 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 Roland Emmerich's style in general is to me like these movies are I, I kind of think about this like Independence Day. And Armageddon. Certainly, people like Roland Emmerich, people like Michael Bay. I really see those people as kind of uh, like our first generation of post Spielberg filmmakers, post Lucas filmmakers. Yeah, uh, it is so obvious that uh, that these people came up in an era uh, after movies like Jaws and Indiana Jones and Star Wars DC, and so forth. Like that, yeah. uh, they 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 really really adapted the sensibilities of those films and applied them to. Uh, material that never should have seen the light of day, <laughs> and, and in, in a lot of ways, that, that's that's the thing about that's the thing about Michael Bay films, about Roland Emmerich films. You know, people talk about how they're like textbook filmmaking. They're like, you know, look, like they tell you, uh, like like right here, you know, they have this whole gag that they're going to go through the entire movie. Nobody can pronounce Matthew Broderick's last name, Tatopoulos. It's a very easy last name to pronounce, but nobody can pronounce it. It's this you know Greek sounding name. Yeah, and. Um, and uh, nobody's going to be able to uh, to pronounce it. Everybody who who he meets is going to mispronounce it. And uh, you know, like like that's like that's a gag. You know that, that you'd read in a book about how to how to write a screenplay. They tell you, you know, you give your your character you know some 
some bit of business, some in-joke you can come back to time and time and time again. And um, so that's the thing. These movies, in a sense, are well-made in that they are very much by the book, in quotes. The problem is that they're just hideous. The material. They're just hideous the, the source, in yeah. terms of the material. Well, you're absolutely right. You really do. You think about like the way that these are... The way these are played, and they do really have that sort of, you know, feel of like, well, you know, you think of like something like E.T. and the scene where the the scientists kind of come in and lock down the the neighborhood once they find out. It has that feel that a lot of these movies feel of like that... That rushed, you know, scientists moving around and everybody hitting yeah. these beats, and it 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 feels good. And I, you know, I will say to a certain degree, my God, he had hair. The um, <laughs> the the thing the thing that I think is kind of interesting about this was like that you had um, you, you you had movies like this that, like you say, they sort of played well, and and really at that time, like I can say, kind of back then in that in that day. You watch something like this, maybe with less critical eyes in some cases than we have now, and and you you could sort of enjoy them. You know, you kind of just you know you could sort of sit back and they're easy to enjoy as long as you don't think about them. Exactly, they're sort of like what I, what I think a lot of times people say is like a guilty pleasure. You know, sure. they they guilty just you, you you watch and you don't think about it too much. I feel like one they age horribly, yeah, and they also it, it's it's just one of those things where it's like. A, I don't know. It's like a movie of its time, and like you know, once once you in, in that moment when you watch it, like you know, we kind of talked about. It. I, I remember watching something like Armageddon. Yeah. Like the first time I watched Armageddon, I, I remember loving it. Really got I mean, caught up in it. You get caught up in it, and you, yeah. you even you you enjoy it. You you think that you know, hey man, some of those emotional beats were actually really good, and some of the action beats are really good. You, you watch it years later. I mean, sometimes it still holds a little of its charm at times, but for the most part. It, it's pretty horrible. You're, st- you know? you're still left with a movie which posits that it's easier to teach oil riggers well, how to be astronauts than it is to explain oil drilling to astronauts. Uh, I mean, it's a sound theory that's sound even today, right? But but yeah. somehow they just didn't get it right back then. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll tell you and the and, and and everybody listening to this right now something that I very rarely admit. I own the Criterion edition of Armageddon for one reason and one reason only. And the reason that I own the Criterion edition of Armageddon is because there is a commentary track with Ben Affleck in which he (laughs) spends the entire commentary making fun of the movie and of Michael Bay. And it's worth it for that alone. What was, uh, what's the the line we always do from it? I'm just blanking out now. Um... God, Ben Affleck is hilarious in that, and I'm not even necessarily the biggest Ben Affleck fan. But man, there's there's a line from that commentary that's hilarious. I'm just blanking out. I'll try to remember it later. So um, Harry anyway. Shearer as the as the unscrupulous, uh, a big theme of of, uh, of her character, and I can't remember the actress's name or the character's name, and I don't give a fuck enough to go <laughs> look it up. But the point is that uh, that this this lady right here. Um, uh, a big theme with it. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know who this. This. Uh, I don't know who this. This co-anchor is, but uh, she's a very tall girl. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, a big theme with her character is, uh, is is you know managing to cut it in the in the the nasty uh, the nasty city cutthroat, of New York, yeah. the cutthroat world that is New York news. And here we go. Uh, First, this is the first beat of the movie. We're gonna we're gonna ring this bell, uh, where Matthew Broderick's a heartthrob, and um, and uh, like again, I just asked the question: What actor dropped out of this role <laughs> that they had to replace? Uh, although I will admit that I am 
I have absolutely no concept of male beauty. Uh, like I remember my wife had to explain to me one time that Keanu Reeves was a himbo and that's the reason he's got his career. Like, like it had never occurred to me that Keanu Reeves had his career because he was very attractive and, 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 and women like to look at him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, that had just never, ever even entered my mind. I, you know, there was, there was the one thing I will give, especially Keanu too, is he never ages. I mean, he is a, no, he, he is he, a vampire or something. Well, he's, you know, and Broderick's like that to an extent too. I mean, he's showing yeah, his age fair. now. That is true. But you know, Keanu Reeves, Broderick, Michael J. Fox, famously, yeah. Tom Cruise, Maybe he replaced Tom Cruise. Maybe it was supposed to be Tom Cruise. You know, Tom Cruise I'm- is the best goddamn worm wrangler in Chernobyl. <laughs> now he's got to hunt a different kind don't, of animal. Don't you almost feel like if Tom Cruise had been in this just alone, it would have kind of elevated the film, though, to a no. certain degree? I kind of think so. I <laughs> well, mean, not, okay, no, no, no. It's, Tom, Cruise would, Tom Cruise would never have agreed to do the movie in this condition. Well, that's true. That's I mean, true. like he's very hands-on. Like Tom Cruise would have come in and demanded a rewrite. And, yeah. You know, and, and I don't mean like that, that I think he is the greatest actor of all time, but just I don't know, there is a certain amount of like – he feels like triple A actor, whereas Broderick feels like the guy they got when they couldn't get the triple A actor. <laughs> I agree. Uh, just when, when the handsome guy dropped out of the film, they hired Matthew Broderick. This, this guy here, the Colonel. Um, boy, military recruitment really owes him a debt, don't they? Because uh, <laughs> well, you know, isn't again though? That's almost like the and, and even to some degree, I think you could say like the you know we talk about like the the Michael Bay's. Michael Bay's famously for like he has had the military and everything he does. Thinking of what you're saying though, like I kind of agree with you. Know, one thing I think is kind of interesting though is I can understand what uh, what uh, the um, looking at men as you know sexually. Like I think men see men differently than women see men. You know what I mean? It's like I would imagine so. You know, it's just just the same way that I you know same way with with us and women. But like you know. Keanu Reeves just is never. Yeah, I never would have looked at him, and he did much for me. But like you know, I could see like a. I don't know, like a Jean Reno. Look, Jean Reno's a fucking sexy man. Look at well, him. That's true. true. Or but like a, like a Brad Pitt or something. That's like right. one where I think everybody kind of can agree to some to some degree. But uh, I, I don't well, know. Like I don't know. Like I look at. I look at, you know, guys, I'm like, okay, like, he's got, like, the jaw, like, that classic, you know, like, rock-hard jaw-looking thing. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, like, like you know, like, other times, like, it'll really take me out of left field. And, like, when they, when watching this movie again, and they kept, like, ringing that bell about, like, oh, you know, he's really cute. I'm like, yeah. really? Um, it is one of those, like, it, it forced turned, things where you're, you're supposed to buy into it, and you're constantly, like, I don't get you, like, I yeah. don't know that I do buy into Well, it, you know, it, it, it's, and I suppose, like, the, it's the flip side of that whole, that whole thing that they do sometimes where they put, like, a really attractive woman in a part, and they put glasses on her and talk about how homely she is. Yeah. Until the moment where she pulls <laughs> the glasses off. off, and suddenly it's like she's a supermodel. It's I like, do, I do Well, yeah, you. she was a supermodel wearing fucking glasses. What'd you expect? <laughs> Somehow Superman started that whole thing that glasses can 100% completely <laughs> change your, like... Yeah. But but they, they neglected how much acting was going on when the glasses were on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's, that great, there's that great moment in the first Superman where, uh, where Clark visits uh, Lois at her apartment, and there's a moment where he wants to, he wants to tell her that he's Superman, and you know, he's sitting there, and he pulls the glasses off, and he straightens up, and everything about his body language and his posture, yeah, true. everything changes. And it's like you see physically the difference between Clark Kent and and Superman. Although, I, and, in, in fairness, though, I think I think of it like years ago, like with the like when Superman first became a character, and you think of like what was the first? Who's the guy that did it first on screen? It was uh, I don't I don't remember the George, first guy. George Reeves was the Reeves, most famous. Yeah, he wasn't the first, but but yeah, and and it's like I don't think he did all that. I think he literally. Pull the glasses off, and you're like, 
Oh, it's Superman. You know, like, that's, I don't... That's true. I, although I think with, with time, they definitely realized that it, it was... Uh, there was a presence there that definitely uh, stood out. Yeah, th- there was a... There, there was there was precedence for that going back to... Uh, and again, we're not talking about Godzilla because fuck it. Yeah. But... Uh, Godzilla's eating a ship right now or something, so... Going back to the R.A. Fleischer uh, Superman animated shorts... Yeah. Um, the... I don't remember the gentleman's name, but the guy who did the voice acting for that, he's the one who who came up with that, that whole idea... Of Clark Kent kind of talking up here and Superman talking down here. Oh, you know? that's true. That's and, fair. And, and you know, and, and having like kind of a distinction between those two characterizations. Of course, you know, having only his voice, he had to make a greater distinction. Uh, you know, you know, since there wasn't anything visual that he was doing to rely upon. True, true. But um, you know, this looks like a job for Superman. That kind of thing. Um, did, did Superman ever fight Godzilla? God, I don't know. That's a great question. We should Google that. Um, speaking of Godzilla, uh, again, the, the fact that you know Godzilla is now menacing—I uh, don't know what these guys are, are fishing for—shrimp, lobster, whatever it is. Um, but uh, again, fishing this, for trouble looked like to me. <laughs> this uh, this scene uh, seems more uh, something that uh, you'd have seen out of Jaws, and there's a lot of scenes in this movie. That ring true to Jaws. The fact that uh, that they've got their nets on the back of the boat, they're trying to cut them free again, taken right out of Jaws. Now, of yeah. course, in Jaws, they respected the laws of physics and said, "Well, the cleats would come out of the boat before the boat would get drugged underwater." Roland Emmerich, uh, he, he cares not for the laws of <laughs> physics, as we will again continue to explore later in the film. Hey, we are eating through film. We got to get this shit. We got to move. We got to. That's on, not the only on, thing we're on, eating right now. Um, but. Um, yeah, the the uh, the thing about this movie that I've thought about, and it'll become more apparent as we get farther into it, but as a filmmaker, I don't think that Roland Emmerich is necessarily all that interested in making films. Uh, Roland Emmerich is interested in making theme park rides. <laughs> and really, that is what his movies are. They, they, they really are more of more of a akin to a theme park ride than they are to any kind of narrative storytelling. They are about uh, shocking you, exciting you, titillating you. They are uh, about you having a really good experience that, like you were saying, is enjoyable as long as you don't actually think about it. It it really is like that initial impression, that first time you're seeing it in the theater, on the big screen – you know, you, you you do get kind of caught up, and it is sort of exciting. And you know, the one thing I will give Roland Emmerich, you know, I, I, he's not necessarily. In, I, I would never even think about him in terms of great directors, but I I think he has a a, a little bit of skill when it comes to action pieces, like some of the, like the swashbuckling stuff. And uh, uh, didn't he do um, what was that? Uh, oh shoot. While you're looking that up, I, yeah. I just would like to point Sorry, out that uh, that we've just been introduced to Hank Azaria, who, of course, uh, used to be Helen Hunt's wife. Yeah, <laughs> very true. <laughs> thanks, thanks for buying me some time. But you, you threw me <laughs> off so much that now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that. <laughs> Helen Hunt was very hot back in this this day too. Uh, this is yeah, this is the era of Twister. This is the era of two and a half hour commercials for the Dodge Ram. The late '90s were an <laughs> interesting time in filmmaking, weren't they? I tell you, the only thing—the only thing about that uh, about that movie—and again, I'm going to talk about Twister, as I'll do anything to not talk about Godzilla. Um, but uh, the interesting thing about Twister is, 
if you actually look at the supporting cast of that film, if you, t- if you, you know, just set Helen Hunt aside and you look at everybody else who's in that movie, the Bill Paxons, the Philip Seymour Hoffmans, and so forth, there's actually an embarrassment of riches as far as talent. Carrie yeah. Elwes. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a great, great supporting cast in that movie, and I have no idea how they manage to uh, how they managed to con them into doing it. I love that gag here where she has the bar. She's like, can we turn this up? And then she goes and turns to the TV. It's like, lady, there's no fucking way a remote control is designed to work with that television. <laughs> that television's older than you are. Um, I, just to go back to this. Like, the, the movie I was thinking of, I was, I was losing it for a second, was The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Right, right, right. I got, like, I really enjoy it. that movie. Like, and, I, and I think it actually, I think the story is... is Good. I mean, you know, it's 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 not you know going to win uh, any, any awards necessary for writing. But I mean, I, I thought it was a, a pretty good movie, and I thought the action actually hit some really good beats in there. Right. And you think of like his his bigger stuff, like you know Independence Day and stuff. I mean, the guy I think can do big big blockbuster stuff like this decently well. It's just it's almost more like a I, it's, to me it's almost more like a music video. You were saying like sort of like a yeah. amusement ride. It almost reminds me of a music video in the sense that it's like. You know, it's more about the visual. It's more about like the the beats, the movement. You know, keep it going rather than like let's not get bogged down in details. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a know, lot like storytelling. It's, it's or a lot like, like that. that. Um, Again, you know, uh, really, you know, really ringing a note that that uh, reminds us of Jaws. Uh, yeah, with uh, the, you know the pier and this uh, this thing coming in. Um, it. Um, and you know the the fishing pole, yada yada yada. There, there's there's a, there's a lot about this movie that that reminds me of Jaws. There's even a couple of lines of dialogue that are lifted out of this movie, almost hook, line, and sinker, but up bump uh, from Jaws. In fairness, he had to have a pretty fucking good cast to have reached out as far as Godzilla was <laughs> at that point that it pulled his reel in. You uh, you are not kidding. I mean, this, this and the exploding. You know, dock here uh, oh, yeah. as we run back because that's what happens when something like pushes it up from above. It doesn't just like move out of the way and fall over. It, no. it explodes on on uh, just merely touching Godzilla's forehead. It's interesting, actually. Um, it's interesting, actually, how how long they go really not letting you see Godzilla too much. I mean, we're yeah. just getting glimpses and stuff here. And again, that is very, very true to the spirit of Jaws. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see the evidence of the shark. You see hints of it, a dorsal fin, a little bit here and there. But, you know, you go most of that movie and not – and you don't see much. I, I totally agree with you. And I do think that the feel of it – it's something I really hadn't put together. But I think you, you're absolutely right with the feel of Jaws. Although – And certainly I the suspense. Th- I do think the visual look – it, I mean, that looks like a shot right out of Jurassic Park. Like, yes. I mean, it, it, it definitely has a feel of, oh, like, no, looking. They absolutely, I mean, they rip off Jurassic Park uh, more than a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a shot, I'll point out as we get to closer to the end, there's a shot towards the end of the movie that is, I mean, it, it, it's literally right out of Jurassic Park. You could A, B compare them and probably not really tell the difference. One one thing about, you know, just action movies of this uh, kind of day and age, too, that I, I don't know, it's like, they almost had this sort Michael of like Lerner. this this sort of like comedic beats in like moments like that. Like I could pretty much I, I'm just taking a shot in the dark, but I don't think that the upcoming Godzilla, the new one with uh, 
Brian Cranston will be seeing next week. Yep. I don't think that when Godzilla makes his first appearance, we're going to get like these kind of like They're not gonna be comedic moments of a guy running from a dock, or yeah. you know, uh, mayors making you know funny jokes or these these jumping you know things as it hits. Yeah, like. It, it, I feel like it'll be played more for serious. Whereas back back in at this time when this came out, like in '98, it was kind of it, it was sort of the norm to have sort of like a, a you know it was almost to like downplay the seriousness of this just a hair. I think because they sort of felt like at this time people maybe weren't ready to to take movies like this too seriously. I think um, that's probably a fair point. Yeah, and it, it's almost like after I mean after things like and I hate to say it, but after things like nine eleven and stuff like that, like there's this almost a little more reverence for really serious moments where people are dying. I mean, these this you know this monster is stepping on people, crushing people, killing people, and there's still like these kind of funny beats here and there. And at times that's that's okay depending on the tone of the movie. But I think. Um, Something like Godzilla, you kind of hope that it does have the uh, the sort of the weight to it. Although I do kind of dig the Barney reference in the background. <laughs> it would have been even better if Godzilla would have found a way to eat Barney. Yes, at yeah. some point uh, during this movie. This actually reminds me a little bit of that thing they did it. Where was it? Where, where they did like that Godzilla experience at Comic Con like last year. Uh, where they teased the new Godzilla film. Oh shoot! I don't uh, know. It was a little bit like this. Like, like I, I saw a video of it on YouTube where you're standing in, like, you know, like a high-rise office building. And oh, you and see, you see him sort of pass by. Yeah, see Godzilla pass by. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're you're right in that this movie is is not very earnest. It does not take itself very seriously, and you know, therefore, it's difficult for us to take it seriously. And, and I, I suppose some people would argue that that. You know, we shouldn't be holding it uh, all that accountable as far oh, as. Oh yeah, no, I, I, it's not necessarily like a criticism of it. it should have been this way. It's more of just a statement that movies back then. I mean, you know, we, we the movies we've been talking about: Independence Day, Armageddon, yeah. um, you know, even Jurassic Park. Like those movies were. You know, had, had if they were done today, I think would be done differently, just because of sort of the the, the audiences and what they would expect today. Yeah. Whereas back then, it was just sort of expected that this would would be that way, and it is sort of when you do watch it, you know, I think people would watch this, especially if you had never seen this before. Um, even and even God, me watching I, God, this, I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> if you've never seen even, this before, even us watching this now, I mean, it feels campier than I remember it being. You know, I mean, yeah. even remembering not liking it terribly, I don't remember it being quite as as silly as some of these you know moments are. But I mean, it's yeah. just you know, it's just the way things way things were back then. This is very true, and, and it's interesting to it's interesting to see how um, it's just interesting to see kind of like how. How demands for what summer blockbuster movies are have changed, and 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 the fact that you know that we do kind of demand more out of them. Uh, you know, people talk about audiences being more sophisticated and, and more difficult to please, uh, and, and and you know that's the thing. I mean, maybe you know, you know, a movie like this, a movie like Godzilla, um, maybe it, it only works. Um, if, if you just assume that the audience is, are a bunch of uh, nincompoops and, and aren't going to notice the incredible amount of drivel you're trying to shove down their throats. Um, this moment we're coming up on right here. Not this bit. Uh, you know, where, where Helen Hunt's wife is miraculously spared. <laughs> but his reaction to it uh, in, in this shot following up here, uh, Godzilla's going gonna, gonna to turn a corner here in a second. And um, and then we're going to come back to Hank Azaria, and he's going to he's going to act. Uh, this moment right here, where he's just kind of 
laughing, yelling, I'm so happy to be alive. This is a trailer moment. This moment is only in the film so that it can go in a trailer for the film. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of moments like that uh, in this movie. A lot of lines of dialogue that don't make any sense at all in the context of their... Uh, of the conversation they happen in, yeah, but appear to only be there because it's 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 a one liner, it's it, or it's it's a tag that they can throw into a uh, and, and, throw into a trailer. And I'm not so sure. I mean, they, yeah, that's still done to this day. I mean, you look at oh, like I was watching. Uh, I, I went back and was watching the Avengers again the other day, and I mean, it it has a lot of comedic beats and stuff, but it still plays. The serious moments, I think, slightly more seriously, you know, and the comedic beats are a little more, more sincere. A little more sincere, although they do yeah. some of the same things where they have like gags that are, you know, to be honest with you, they're lines that you know are made for. Oh, that'll that the trailer can end on that. That'll look sweet, you know, or right. um, or like. Spider-Man, hey, this could be the end of our trailer. Like, it's the end of our movie, but we could have it as the end of our trailer. <laughs> Why not? Too. I mean, it's the end of the movie, it's the end of the trailer. It just makes sense just, when you think about it. It, it, it ends the movie so well, it, it should end the, the trailer perfectly. Uh, but, but, you know, they, they, I think they, they constantly do that. But there is just, I don't know, it is it is different. It is kind of funny. It's You know, I was watching, um, well, you know, when we were getting ready for Spider-Man, which, again, just to continue the trend of us not talking about this, uh, <laughs> um, when I was watching uh, the the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, um, it, it had been quite a while since I'd seen it. Probably, you know, honestly, it, it may have been eight, nine, ten years since I last time I'd really watched it. You know, and, and, and kind of thought about it as watching it. And uh, it felt very... It, honestly, it felt to me almost like Batman, like, like like uh, you know, the old Batman films. Like, you know, right. the, the with... Um, like with like Keaton? With, with Keaton, about? yeah. Because it, it, there was some of the, like, some of the acting, some of the sets, some of the, the way things were done. I don't remember being as campy from back then, but when I went back and watched it, I was like, yeah, they kind of were. And, I mean, they're separated by, you know, ten... Yeah, you know, uh, ten or fifteen years, you know, uh, there. So it's it's sort of just so odd how things, you know. Just I kind of wonder if, like, ten years from now, will we look back on, um, like, will we look back on Captain America the same way? Like, we think right. right now, hey, that's done so well. We look back on, you know, the the second Spider Man movie. I think both of us, you know, really enjoyed it. Will it hold up? The same way we feel about it now, because you know some of these movies when we watched back then, we didn't think they were so silly. But we look back now. I'm not. This is not a good example. This is a. This is one that was no, this bad is a back terrible then. Terrible example. <laughs> but but like you know we we've talked about you know Armageddon. Armageddon is one that I yeah. think both of us you know enjoyed probably a, a little bit more than we than we thought was silly back then. Even though yeah. that it's it's you know moments that we thought were silly then. Watching it now is definitely a very different experience, and I kind of wonder how some of these movies that we watch these days will hold up in another ten to fifteen years. Yeah, that, that's it's a it's a great point, and uh, I miss the World Trade Center. Damn yeah, it. New York skyline just doesn't quite look right without it. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying, and certainly, you know, that that's the difference between something like a Jaws, which. You know, gets better and better and better every time I watch it. I discover something new about it that yeah. I hadn't I hadn't put together. I hadn't quite noticed something that a character in the background's doing that I hadn't picked up on. You know, just that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's the difference between those movies that get better and better and better with age and movies like this one. <laughs> well, you know, and it really because I, I think I think this is very much a movie of its time. Whereas something like Jaws, I mean, Jaws does feel a little more in the realm of like a what I guess people would say is a timeless. You know, it's kind of a timeless classic. It it, yeah. it tells a great story that it really is not. 
there's not much about the movie that requires you to have been from that that deck you know been from that generation right. in for, order to understand it to understand what's it. going on and appreciate exactly whereas i think a lot of the conventions a lot of the gags some of the things that this is played for is kind of that's very true are, are sort of tied to the time that they have that, that's very true I, I mean like this is a another movie that's not godzilla that i'll talk about to illustrate the point yes perfect but like the men in black films yeah the, the men in black films are a good example of like movies that relied so heavily on kind of what was in the zeitgeist at the time in terms of their gags and things like that that you watch them now and you're like, yeah, it's not funny anymore. It, you know? Yeah, no, you're, that's a that's a perfect example. And you know, it's almost one reason why I think that their their popularity at their time too was so enhanced. You know, like right. I I don't know that they ever were as good of movies as probably people felt like at that time. But because they played on so sort of timely things that people were just like, you know, <laughs> that's that thing I saw last week. That's great. You know, that, you know, that, that's that, really that funny. Gag. That dog's wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, things that just don't uh, necessarily play, uh, play as well later on. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, now, now that's something we're like, looking at again to, to maybe try to tie this into something Godzilla related, the new one coming up, I think does look like where it's, it's, it's looks like it's handled more in the vein of like, you can go back and watch the first Godzilla, even though it's what, 1940, 54. I do just want to point out real quick yep. that I love that shit. Jean Renault does right there where he just lets his Tears umbrella in. go. Yeah. And, and like, it's just kind of carried away and like, he just, he's kind of disappearing into the crowd. I actually do really think that's kind of cool. I, I, yeah. Jean Renault is easily the best part of this, uh, of this movie. Easily. Um, he, he's, I really like him as an actor. I, I won't even necessarily say that. I think he is the, greatest actor but he's such a personable like he his he comes off as likable in, in in roles he plays even if even if they're not necessarily likable roles but just yeah. he he has a way of doing that somehow he, he, he does he, he's got uh, he's got a certain kind of charisma about him on screen that is just fantastic and if you'd like to watch Jean Reno in a really good movie uh, go watch Ronan Ronan's very good. Um, I still love Leon, though. Leon. The professional. Oh, I, man, that's that's I, such a classic. It's, it's so, I mean, I know everybody, you know, just sees it as pedophilia fodder for no, uh, that's just Natalie you and Portman. Ben DeVault. That's just you and Ben DeVault that feel that way. No, I'm just, no, I'm saying people <laughs> see it as that. I mean, but the thing is, that was the first time that I, I just honestly did sort of fall in love with Natalie Portman. She's so good in that movie. She is. And, you know, it, it was, and it, that was such a an, an awesome Two character, you know, something that was two two people essentially making that movie uh, so great. Of course, with uh, of course with a great villain though as well. This and, is uh, true, and Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman. This is just the first of a string of jokes that we're going to do about the, about the French guys uh, giving the Americans shit for their coffee and, and their donuts and, uh, and 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 there's a there's a great scene later on where they. <laughs> they have this. Uh, they have this whole arsenal that they've they've apparently bought off the streets of New York City. Um, but uh, that's how America is. That, I mean, is just, that is exactly how America. We is. literally just go onto the streets and we can we can buy our weapons. That's that's. Um, Michael Lerner here is playing the mayor of New York City, and if you'd like to see Michael Lerner in a real film, I suggest you watch the Coen Brothers' excellent movie Barton Fink, in which uh, Michael Lerner plays uh, the head of a. Uh, uh, Capital Pictures, I think, plays the head of a studio. Yeah, he yeah. is fantastic in it. Fat ass son of a bitch, as Tony <laughs> Shalhoub so eloquently describes him. But uh, anyway, I- I'll also say that the the military in this film not represented so well. Can't imagine that enlistment rates really saw a hike after this movie came out. The, the, the military really is portrayed as basically a collection of screaming jackasses. 
uh, in this movie. Pretty incompetent. Um, I, I think though that's a it's a sign of this time. I think had this movie been made three or four years later, you're right. I really think because there's just there's a, a reverence that came with the you know unfortunate things that like yeah. it just it, there it's it really is weird. It's just I it, this is a perfect example of a movie of its time. Like just in right. in in hitting this uh, this moment because I, I will be honest, this does remind me very much of. The '98 time frame, like the way things were, it was just sort of things. A, things were a little more lighthearted. I mean, right. people weren't taking things quite the you know, as as a whole, things at least well, at, uh, on uh, from here you know, seem to be going pretty well, and that's I why agree. I think this is a little kind of lighthearted. They, they make a reference in this movie to uh, to the World Trade Center bombing of 1993, yeah, which was you know unsuccessful, thankfully, yeah, or largely unsuccessful. Well, yeah, exactly, and um, it's. Um, it's it, it's interesting to kind of look at the film in that context, in, in that it, it took place five years after that, and really it's just a footnote. It's an afterthought. It was one one of those things that happened, and, and nobody really, you know, it just bounced off us. We kept going, and nobody was really bothered by it. And you look at how profoundly the world is today as a result of. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't. I won't necessarily say the entire world. I don't know if if I, I think that the entire world was pretty shook up by nine eleven, but uh, certainly. You know, here in the states, it's something that uh, that is pretty present in, in our minds in day to day life. Well, and, and I think you know, because really, you look at movies from the '90s, and I think the military is often played for this sort of this sort of beat, this sort of kind of slightly comedic, like yeah, you know, like I said earlier, kind of young, dumb, full of cum, you know, mm-hmm. just gung ho, shoot first, ask questions later, kind yeah, of. Ready I, you know, even you know, like like cops and and you know, every, <laughs> everything, you know, like. In this day and age, that was sort of a foil of a lot of movies. Very true, and and I think that changed drastically. Well, Armageddon is a great example. I mean, Armageddon oh, yeah. in a sense is the ultimate expression of that. You know, oh, you're exactly right. Astronauts who who are among you know the most talented, most intelligent. You know, I mean, well, they like, used to be. Astronauts are the best of the best of the best of the best. It when was, when we had them, when we had them, yeah. yes. But you know, but astronauts uh, and from other nations as well. Yeah, are. Are, are among the uh, the most talented, most intelligent, most well versed people, uh, you know, on Earth. Uh, that's how they now. Do the now, they, now let's let me just catch you off there, though. I don't know that they could be taught to drill a hole. No, no, I, now, that now, is I mean, far I, beyond. I was afraid it, you were no. going down that road, and I'm like, look, I got to stop you right there. Yeah, I mean, let's let's try these to guys are, in the realm of reality. Okay, look, look, these guys are intelligent. They're doctors. They're resourceful. They're scientists. They're uh, they, they they're very flexible. They can kind of roll with the punches, but. If you gotta like, if you got, if you got like drill, drill a, hole? a hole, no, you gotta get. You that's gotta, a little. You gotta get Bruce Willis on that. You gotta get some experts like that's exactly uh, right, like Steve Buscemi. Yeah, or rabbits, or rabbits. Um, so you're exactly right. That was that was kind of a thing. I don't know if that's still so much today, but that's definitely sort of a convention of cinema that uh, th- that you can see a lot of movies ring that bell about. Yeah. You know the the police, the the soldiers, the the you know the astronauts, whatever. They they're they're too they're too specialized. They're too focused to see the big picture. And what you need is uh, you need somebody like Matthew Broderick, somebody who is uh, is is bright eyed and uh, and optimistic, and and he's going to come in and, and solve this problem for well, you. Well, it's kind of this this was he's going to think day, outside of their box. This was sort of the age where it was it was kind of like the you know and I use this with air quotes the sort of the nerdy guy was smarter than the tough, strong guy. Right, you know, right, there's right, that right. sort of balance that happens in these kind of movies. That's and, true. Uh, and, you know, it's not to say that, you know, that that doesn't happen a lot of times, although I do sort of think that it's a, 
it, it definitely is played for certain kind of comedic uh, beats here. Very true. Um, uh, that's that, that's that's a bell that Roland Emmerich uh, rings, rings very, quite, quite a few times. Certainly, yeah. Independence Day is replete with examples of that convention. Um, yeah, get those last couple of fish in the pile, right? Because, those, because he's going to scoop those. Those up. couple of half dozen that you just tossed in there. Are really that's a lot of fish. What a what a great line! Uh, again, like so many things, this movie is this movie is like uh, if Jaws and Jurassic Park were like beautiful women you dated at one time in your life uh, that you'd been desperately in love with. Um, Godzilla is the cheap hooker that you've hired to wear a wig to remind you of those women, and uh, that's a lot of fish. Uh, it's difficult to not imagine that great. That great uh, beat from Jurassic Park where uh, Jeff Goldblum walks up to that huge pile of Triceratops dung and so succinctly <laughs> extols, that is a giant pile of shit. <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. Um, so, yeah, that's um, that's uh, just, just another example of this movie kind of really doing a bad job of ripping off other good movies. Um. There's a there's a character here this this O'Neill character uh, which is kind of the he's he's the the guy on charge of the of the ground forces uh, he's the guy on the ground uh, that uh, that is communicating back with the colonel and uh, it's it's interesting it's it's interesting how the movie alternates between kind of portraying him at times as being slightly incompetent slightly cowardly um, and uh, and, and and it is it's like this whole kind of uh, there's a bit of a schizophrenic attitude towards the military in this film where at times um, you know they're they're on point they're doing their thing and then at other times they just cannot do anything right yeah and really this movie is honestly predicated. Though, usually when they're following his instructions is when they're on the beat that's exactly right it's like when, they, when they Matthew, think for themselves as long as Matthew Broderick's calling the shots yeah you know they got this shit well in hand yeah but the the thing that I was gonna the thing that I was gonna observe it's amazing actually how impotent the, the military is portrayed in this movie yeah I mean this movie is predicated again again the shot from Jaws this the shot on the beach the Hitchcock shot yeah uh, as as we're 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 um, we're pushing in and uh, and and changing the uh, changing the zoom focal length. Uh, in Jaws, it's it's one of the most poignant moments of the movie. It's it's the moment where everything in Brody's world changes, uh, and uh, he, you know he sees you know this child eaten by this shark happens right in front of his eyes, and uh, it literally changes his perspective. On on the world, uh, you know, as as represented by that great camera move, and in this movie, it's basically played because it was a neat trick from Jaws that they wanted to rip off. Well, you know, you're absolutely not right. motivated just, by anything other it, than that. And just thinking about here with a, a couple of things that, again, just to me, they stand out. So they they just they feel so sort of poorly done or bad. But but back then, I know they thought they were just such good ideas. Was the fact that like when. Uh, you know, uh, Hank Azaria is standing there with his camera, right. and, the, and the foot just happens to come down right between him. He's standing there. The crack goes right between his legs. Yeah. That bit of the ground that had the manhole cover lands right in the center of the screen. Just, like, those to, are all played, just to give him enough backlight. Well, but they're all played the for like this... Like it's just too perfect. It's yes, so that's exactly perfect. right. That's exactly and, right. And, and to me, you watch a movie like this, and even, you know... 
if they had done everything else perfectly right, but still had beats like that, it just it would it would it just doesn't feel real. It feels too perfect. It feels yeah. too you know. I don't just audiences. I don't think every would. call is too close a call. Like you, yeah, you know, if they get out of the way just in time, is the fireball. It, Blows past exactly, and and even just the cinematography, the fact that everything's shot with like characters dead center of the screen, and and things happening so central. Like I don't know, like today they would just they would have shot it a little off center. They would have shot it yeah. from a different angle. It just they would have handheld it, etc. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and again, I love I also how that holds up. I want I want to point out that in similar fashion to the Amazing Spider-Man, where Kirk <laughs> Connors had the opportunity to cook up an animation to demonstrate his plan to anyone that might. Might secret their way into his base. I would like to point out that the military took the time to get a gigant, a gigantic fish icon to put on their tactical display to indicate where the giant pile of fish was. In, in fairness, just want to point that out. This is a false flag. I mean, they already knew about they knew about Godzilla all this time. <laughs> that's true. That's the undercurrent of that's what we would have seen. They in Godzilla knew, but they didn't tell us is exactly. You know, there's another beat. I was just thinking about Jurassic Park again, but there's that moment with Broderick, and he's got that little uh, that little disposal camera um, where he snaps it and you know there's like that you know the the, the uh, Godzilla reacts to it I was about to say the T-Rex because it, it reminds me quite a bit of that uh, that moment with the T-Rex and the flashlights and everything in the in the cars in Jurassic Park the first time that uh, that you lay eyes on the T-Rex yeah let, let me ask something we, we you know because we've been really and, and I think very well avoiding talking about We need this movie. bigger guns. Again, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. it is the we need a bigger, you know, you're going to need a bigger boat. It's that line from, from Jaws. Absolutely. But again, not played, you, you know, not played at, at the dramatically correct moment, not played at the moment where you really get a sense of, you know, just played how big comedic. the problem played, is. Played for, just played a, purely for, just a throwaway comedic yeah. line. And it, and it's in there because people are like, oh, that's like that line from Jaws. Ha ha ha. Um, I, I, I hate it. I was going to ask you, how do you feel? You know, one of the big things back when this movie was first coming out was the the look of Jaws, the fact that Jaws Godzilla. was jeez, the, the look of Godzilla, like the look the, of the Godzilla, look of exactly, the, the, the look that it was it was more lizard like rather than sort of um, man in suit like man in suit like whatever. How, how do you feel like that? I got to be honest. The one thing I can't say, I actually don't think that that. I think that actually still holds up pretty well. I mean, in in, in the context of the movie, I actually think that the the CG for for Godzilla and this looks pretty good. I mean, I don't think it it's good. It doesn't stand out as bad to me in in the movie. It, it's not. It's it's definitely not. Uh, it's definitely not the worst. Uh, the worst that I've seen from this era of filmmaking. Um, I don't know. You know, it doesn't I, look like comic-y. Like some sometimes I think like you know. Well, okay. For instance, like uh, the upcoming Turtles. Right. We, we you and I were talking about this a little bit, and, and I was just saying how I. I Greatly detest the look that they have gone with for the for the new turtles. Now some some people I, I think agree with that, and some people don't have as big a deal. But they've got those kind of like the human mouth with you know on like the you know the the, the, the quite face. obvious you know right. alien you know kind of look of everything else. I, I like how in this I feel like the the creature you know Godzilla actually looks like an animal, looks like a beast, as opposed to sort of looking like. Like I don't know, like like maybe a character or something like that. They're trying to make it look like something else. I actually think it looks, you know, fairly uh, monster-like. Like you know, yeah. I, I think it holds up better than. Like honestly, I, I didn't quite get the uh, the criticism back then that they thought you know well it just doesn't look like Godzilla. Yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't look exactly like the the guy standing in a big rubber suit. Right. But 
I don't mind. Some it. people, you know, have have more of a, I think a uh, yearning for that or really wanting that. I don't mind that he doesn't look like the guy in the suit, but I, I don't. I don't know. Like I don't find myself. I don't find myself really enamored of the design. Like I don't look at it and just think like, oh wow, it looks really cool. Yeah. Um. I, I guess I don't have like a really big opinion on that. I just. I think it. I don't know why. I just. I think it looks. I think it holds up better than some of the rest of the film. To be honest with you, like. <laughs> well, it, I mean, yeah, but it, I mean, like, not like that's like that's any kind of remarkable feat. That's very true. Very um, true. you know, one thing uh, I was talking about how this movie is predicated upon military incompetence. And we just got kind of our first taste of that. This movie it really is. I mean, the only thing that keeps the action moving forward is the fact that uh, that the military cannot successfully lock on with a missile on this guy. I mean, that is what this movie is. This movie is fire a missile at Godzilla and miss over and over again. And you'd think with that gigantic square-shaped lower jaw that that Godzilla has, he'd be easier to hit. Well, you know, again, this almost kind of goes back. It's, it's sort of like this weird mixing of tropes from, like, the old films. Like, the old films, it was kind of like the... The old tanks and the old, you know, weapons that they had. Where, let's be honest, back in the 50s and 60s, they weren't that accurate. And right. So you but had is, these this shots. This is post-Desert Storm. This is after the world's been this is after introduced to the idea of laser-guided missiles. Exactly. So but but don't you think that that's how they, they play it, like the old films, like where you see that shot yes, of, very of, true. of him with his back to you, turned around facing you with all the gunfire. Like just the, you see the, uh, what is that called, the tracer fire, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, firing at him. Just because, again, it looks cool. As opposed to that's very realistic. Of course, right. you know, I really do think that there is, a, you know, I mean, we are talking about a movie in which, you know, it's a giant lizard. But you, you <laughs> ha- it's predicated on the fact that you gotta, you got to kind of take that and believe it. Yes. And then, but then work it within the the real world. Cause, you know, sometimes people will constantly be like, "Well, but you're you're talking about firing at a giant lizard, you know? Yeah, but if you, 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 if can, you got a problem with that, then you should. Have, it's like, you, look, you can play that for laughs. You can play it yeah. earnestly or not. I'll also point out that uh, that a lot of the a lot of the aircraft, these helicopters specifically, this is Echo Group, Echo Two, Echo Four, uh, obviously a reference to Empire Strikes Back and the uh, the squadron uh, that Luke's part of at uh, on Hoth, Echo Base, uh, so on and so forth. You know, maybe I fat flying one of them. Though. You know, That's it, the only problem. It's an excellent thing that helicopters are not capable of just climbing vertically, uh, no, because know, otherwise he'd be able to, he'd be able to get away from this guy. Yeah, you know. It's it's really lucky. Oh wait, and it's also I love the fact that the military is is more concerned with saving the life of the one pilot versus the all the destruction of the cities. You know, they're, they're just flying around the city, destroying like eight city blocks with like hundreds of thousands of people dying. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's the one thing you could say about the military is that in general they uh, are willing to put their life down for. For someone else, right. rather than rather than cause the destruction to be worse and worse and worse. Indeed, or yeah. they fly their helicopter up. There, there's there's that too. There's those two things. Uh, as Michael Lerner just pointed out, you guys cause more damage than that thing did. Because um, the military is incompetent. In yes, indeed. As the Chrysler Building just found out the hard way. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's a. Um, it's an interesting trope that uh, that you know that we see time and time again through you know all of the failed attempts to uh, um, failed attempts to uh, to corral Godzilla to stop Godzilla. Um, that's not true. We fed him. <laughs> um, I think that. Um, 
we're coming up now. We're coming up now on what I find to be the most curious thing that the film does, um, and that is the. Th- and this this is why I say that this movie is more like Jaws, because what happens now in the film now that we've seen Godzilla smashing buildings, running down the streets of New York City. Um, now that we've kind of rung that bell, which, I mean, if, you, if you're going to do a Godzilla film where he attacks New York instead of Tokyo, which is the city it's, he ought to be attacking. Yeah. But that aside. Thank you. I'm glad you made that point. Too. Um, that aside. I mean, just because Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I mean, come on. Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if Godzilla doesn't attack Tokyo, then what is that Blue Oyster Cult song about? You know <laughs> what I mean? True. That is very true. So... The point, though, is that now that we've kind of rung that bell, it almost felt like they had to get this out of their system in a way. It almost felt like, okay, look, people are going to expect us to, you know, like have Godzilla come to New York and he's going to have to like climb up on some buildings and scream as lightning flashes in the background. He's going to have to, you know, hit some skyscrapers. But like once we get that out of the way, then we can do what we really want to do, which is (laughs) which is have Godzilla tunnel underground and remain under New York City for the rest of the goddamn film. Because again, and have babies. We're trying to make Jaws, and we yeah. want that suspense of oh, he could pop up at any, at any time. time. No, you're, and, it's a very good point. And it, it's just, it's. I mean, it is the most. It's the worst idea. Maybe not the worst, but it's in the top five worst ideas that this movie has going for it. it, it it's it's absolutely. I like I, just the suspension of disbelief required for it is just monument. I mean, more so than thinking Helen Hunt could be married to Frank Azaria. <laughs> Is the yeah. belief that Godzilla could hide under New York City? You're, you, you, you really are. It's, it's a great point. The thing is, and I'll be honest with you, and I really I had never put the piece together until you mentioned it. But the, the whole kind of correlation between this and Jaws is is amazing. And I actually think that some of the it, it, that could have been a really good thing for it. I mean, there's well, but I mean, there's yes, ways, there's that's, ways that's they, true. there's ways they could have if done. it just hadn't been a Godzilla film. Well, there's ways they could have done it. Like, I mean, he could have gone out to sea and been out, right, out, right. you know, still close, close enough to attack at any time, and kind of had that lay low. And we still yeah. like he's come. Like, there's other ways they could have gotten across their point. But I mean, the fact that he's like he's that that creature that we just saw that is bigger than buildings is slinking around in the subway or the the sewer system. Um, and subways, and subways, and that, but but you know that you can't really you know can we can't pin them down. I mean, like if they wanted to do it, there's it's ways like, they could have done it and idea. made it slightly more realistic. Wherever New York City is collapsing in on itself, it's a good chance that's where he is. Yes, how about that? Um, I love the need also too for in in uh, movies of this genre. There always has to be a TV with snow playing on. Oh yeah, always. You know, there's right? like if there's not, then you know that TV wouldn't be off. No, you know it would be on. With snow, you, you know, know that's another thing that we, that we don't have anymore. That digital, yeah, digital that, that digital technology has taken away from us is analog NTSC kind of, broadcast kind of snow. snow. Um, now I'm talking about the rapper, like Informer. <laughs> I mean, that was another thing, probably from roughly this generation that I did. <laughs> that and color me bad. Oh God, Jesus. So. Um, I think that the nineties were terrible. God, they? They, I, well, listen. I, I don't know what you did in the nineties, but I, I, you know, I listened to metal in the nineties, so it wasn't so bad for me. All <laughs> you guys listening, all you guys watching MTV, you had a you had a different experience. Come than on. I did. E- even there was there was not even that playing on MTV in the nineties. 
MTV had already gone to not playing any music. Actually, you're right. Time. By 98, that was pretty much gone. Yeah, it really was. Um, okay, so we... 98, the only thing I was doing was watching ZDTV. I could be honest with you, for like the entirety of both. that year, that was the only thing I did. You and me both. Okay, so here's a couple of beats that we're, that we're hitting here. Uh, number one, we're ripping off the idea of, of asexual reptilian... Reproduction, uh, an idea right out of Jurassic Park. It's it's the the cornerstone of the film. Uh, the idea that they've taken frog DNA. Some frogs produce asexually. Uh, they've taken frog DNA and spliced it into dinosaur DNA, and that has allowed dinosaurs to reproduce where they should not have been able to. Um, so basically, you know, like the the turning point of the movie. Uh, it's going to lead to the entire. It's going to lead to the entire last act, and oh, everything yeah. about the last act, conflict and tension, is based on this thing that they have ripped off hook, line, and singer from Jurassic Park. The other thing that I will just and also say, taken away from like the, the core draw of the film again, oh, yeah. right? Which is I mean, like, like Godzilla. You know, I mean, you know, you came to see Godzilla, whether it's good or not. You you're you're here to see Godzilla, and and you know, but you're you're gonna you're gonna actually spend an incredible amount of time in this film not seeing Godzilla. Yeah, because again, a they're trying to make Jaws, and B, because they're trying to rip off Jurassic Park. The only thing I expected... I say trying. The only thing I expected more was a giant spider. <laughs> I figured they would somehow work a giant... You know, if they'd have made a sequel, that was what it had been. It had been, it had been Godzilla versus a giant fucking spider. You know, another thing that just dawned on me is the alligators in the sewer. That whole alligators in the sewer urban legend mm-hmm. and that whole thing. There's a bit of that playing oh, in definitely. this movie, too. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. They really dug that trench, man. He's really standing in it. You can't get that with CG. Oh, Jesus. Look at that. Used to be a church. And now it's just a now it's just a toilet for Godzilla. Um I find this this whole storyline with her character and this whole thing where she's she's wrestling with herself on whether or not she's going to whether or not she's going to uh Betray him, whether you know she's gonna she's gonna have the chutzpah to stand up and to and to you know to take what's hers, you know, get her shot at the big time news thing in uh, in New York City. I find this so utterly uncompelling, yeah. and it you know like it's played. I mean, basically, it's played for like that moment where she takes the tape, it gets broadcast. Matthew Broderick gets kicked off the team, and then he gets a chance to confront her, and it is the most unconvincing. It's the most unconvincing thing ever. I mean, he did like he he says like I, you know I don't want to be here. This is my fucking field of study. He doesn't give a shit about this. Supposedly, <laughs> like you think he'd be glad to walk away, but yeah. oh no, he's pissed about it. You know, absolutely. And and he's like supposed to be like like he's a guy that's supposed to be skeptical of the government. He was a former uh, you know anti nuke protester. He's changing the system from the inside. She exposes the truth that the government's trying to keep a lid on, and he's pissed about it. It's <laughs> like who what what character is this? <laughs> You know, that's the thing. It's that whole thing of just uh, like this, like right here. Okay, so like something this big moves and nobody hears it, right? The mere fact that he's he's changing his position, like he's just standing up, and that's a fucking earthquake. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. He has the room to move around like that and not destroy everything around. Well, he's he's got the like as, as long as the New York subway system and sewer system combined are tall enough to house the Chrysler Building, I can buy into this. Yeah, yeah, which I think is right. Absolutely, but that's the thing. That's the thing about the movie. It's not that 
I don't have a problem with the movie being fanciful. I don't have a problem with the movie being more fun than serious in tone. The problem I have is inconsistency. The problem I have is when you tell me A, 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 and then, oh, forget A, it's B. It's like, yeah. like, <laughs> like that's, that's the thing that hey, really gets giving under my you, skin. Without giving movies. you reason. Again, there's, there's ways you could do it in a movie where like he didn't care at first, but something caused him to. I mean, there's, that's exactly there's, right. there's ways you can do it. He but realized it really, these soldiers are going to get killed unless I hang out and protect they've them. They've got to show something to, like, to, to initiate that. And that's, again, the problem with movies of this day and age is that that is so the 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 path from a to b is less important than just getting to b you know yeah. just just getting there and doing it um i would like to point out that i'm pretty sure this is the last thing that that actress has ever been in oh yeah I mean, she's she's been in a handful of things ever since this but no no like feature films this basically uh, this basically killed whatever this is she, she was in she was in a few things before this and then uh, this just pretty much basically Godzilla this was stomped the, on this was the end of it yes yeah well you know i can't blame her i mean i can't blame her for like making this film and no then, i i i'm I, I deciding think, you know what not for me i was gonna say i don't even blame her i, I i'm i actually am congratulating the american public for not allowing <laughs> her to continue <laughs> doing doing film that's the free market movie. at work that vote, is, vote with your dollars people that is the free market don't support this actress um so, I think that, uh, but that that's one thing about the movie. Like going back and looking at it now, I, I really find that whole subplot utterly uncompelling. There's, no, just, I agree. there's nothing about her, uh, you know, backstabbing him to get a shot at the big times that that does anything at all for me. Um, we're now setting up. Uh, we're now setting up the. That's, I'm sure you guys are hearing my cat walking through the room. <laughs> uh, you're now setting up, uh, or we are setting up, the film is setting up um, the eggs and the notion that Godzilla uh, is going to reproduce and lay eggs and there's going to be um, there's going to be hell to pay. Um, Matthew Broderick uh, Matthew Broderick is setting all this up and, and then later on uh, we're going to um, we're going we're going to see just how right he was. They yeah. also do this. They also do this thing here with the French guys. They can't pronounce his last name either. Because <laughs> we're Americans, we don't care. We don't even even, we even don't though care, France is try. infinitely closer to Greece <laughs> than New York City is, uh, they can't pronounce it either. It's, it's just it's just showing that incompetence piece again. I mean, they they, they do it constantly throughout the movie. Um, it, it is interesting. It is interesting how many of the laughs of this film are kind of predicated upon people, uh, people who ought to know things not knowing them. Yeah. Uh oh! Now the shit's hitting the fan. Now everybody's. <laughs> And of course, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, and Harry Shearer ends up backstabbing her, and she finds she finds out how difficult it is to get ahead in this uh, in this this news business here. <laughs> I mean, just this, I, like I don't know, like this this whole like in the midst of everything that they could be doing in this movie, the fact that that Harry Shearer and her character are having a pissing match in the middle of you know the end of the human race of Matthew Broderick's to be believed. Um, it, it's just it's just the, the the stupidest thing they could have done as far as a B storyline goes. I just can't think of anything that would be less interesting than this. 
Did I miss it? So were they trying to say that this was done at French nuclear testing sites? Yeah, yeah, American? yeah. Jean, Jean Reno. Uh, that's right. That, that's that's right. the whole yeah, reason that they're there. That. Later in the movie, it's supposed to be in uh, – it was like the French you feel like experiments in the Polynesian Islands. Don't you feel like that's also kind of like a like – <laughs> like the, the American, the American filmmaker kind of saying, like you know, I mean, more if if it was going to happen to anybody, it would have been us doing it. <laughs> so let's make somebody else have been doing it. Let's make it the French. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting the way that that plays out because on the one hand, you know, Jean Reno and his his team of of uh, frogmen, yeah, which is not a racial slur in this context, <laughs> but uh, Jean Reno and his team. Uh, basically, spend the entire movie uh, making fun of the Americans, yeah. you know, and and they're there to you know to get the job done. But it's also because it's their fault, and so there is this really interesting thing that the movie's doing where it's simultaneously uh, it's it's simultaneously stabbing America in the knees. It's like needling everybody, but also <laughs> but also saying, yeah, but it's still the French that are at fault. <laughs> It's like it just can't decide what it wants to do. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so in this case, we will find out that it's the French that uh, that are probably responsible for Godzilla. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I, I truly have not watched I'm this so, since I'm 90, so jealous of you forgetting about that. And i got to be honest, I, I really feel like this is going to be the final time I ever watch this film. There's just no need. I mean, God, there's just no <laughs> need to watch this. Uh, other than listening to uh, The Drive Home Breakdown, which is an excellent podcast right here. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm worried about with us doing this is I was like, who in their right mind is going to like either buy and or download a copy of this just to listen to this commentary? You got to admit, like you got to you got to do some work, not just in the sense that you either have to buy or download this so that you can watch this commentary, but you got to actually watch the movie. You've got to watch the movie. We're asking a lot of our audience right now. Okay, so look at this. So this is the breakup scene, right? Uh, if, if we're following the rom com story structure, this is the breakup scene. This is where. Uh, you know, we were together, but now we're not. And then, you know, through some machinations, we're going to get back together again. Does he really come off as all that upset about this? Does he really act hurt? Does he really act like he's been violated or his trust has been violated uh, in, in this case? I mean, does anything about this scene in any way say anything other than phoning it in? He's just so dreamy, though. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, God, just look at that. Just, just look at that. But I mean, seriously, I, I mean, no, you're you're absolutely just, right. It really it's is. Terrible. It's very. There's just like like they don't like like there's nothing there's about no these two actors doing this. No, yeah, they don't give a shit. They're just like God. Let's get through and, this and cash that check. And in fairness, it's I, you know because you, know, you can people lay at the feet of so many different people, but I, this is just the writing. I mean, like there's I don't know that I don't think that either of these. Actors are necessarily doing the best work that I'm sure that they're capable of, yeah. but I mean, in, in a way, they it's, what do they have to work with? You know, I just I don't I don't see anything that has built them up to this point to where they could emote that kind of emotion. You know, like it right. just you know, there's it, it it actually would feel honestly it would feel wrong if they did. Like if that scene had really, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of being serious. Like if that scene had really come off genuinely as a scene of like you know real heartbreak. It would have taken you out of the film. It would have been like, okay, where's this? Not wrong. Where's this coming from? You know, it would have. It would. You know. So it's. I want to ask you. Uh, I want to ask you to tell me where's this coming from? Why the fuck is Hank Azaria following him? The only discernible reason that I can put together that Hank Azaria is following Matthew Broderick, 
because he's just you know he's just hurt you know his, his his wife's friend or whatever. Yeah, is that he actually thinks that there's a shot of him getting that threesome he jokes about earlier in the film. <laughs> And he's like, "Look, I gotta like I gotta make this right with this girl so that she'll sleep with me and my wife." Uh, that is the only reason at all that Hank Azaria is following this cab right now is because he thinks there's an opportunity here that he <laughs> might get to sleep with this girl and his wife at the same time. Yeah, I can see no other motivation for. I know it. you're not into blondes. She's she's not bad though. You know. You know, I uh, as, as an opportunity to not talk about Godzilla, I got out of a speeding <laughs> ticket one time. Yeah. Uh, based on the uh, the promise of a threesome. I had been uh, hanging out with DeVault, and uh, and Jenny and Shelly were hanging out. This is back when we were over on Maple Street in the apartment. Okay. And I'd been hanging out with DeVault, and I was going home, and I'd, I'd been on the phone with uh, Shelly and Jenny, and they had been drinking heavily. Okay. And, you know, I, I'd made some joke or whatever. It's like, all right, get the bedroom ready. I'll be there soon. That kind of, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I'm driving along, driving along. I'm going a little bit faster than I ought to be. Red and blue lights. <laughs> so I get pulled over, and... The, uh, the the cop who who came up to the window was younger than I was. Okay. By a fair amount. I mean, he was a young young guy. Okay. And so uh, he's asking me, you know, license registration, blah blah blah, all this. And he says, um, he says, is there any? And you look at me like, are you even competent to do this job? <laughs> like, look, are you are you a cop? You from look the like 90s? you might be competent enough to maybe lead a platoon of guys against Godzilla, but I don't know if I trust you. <laughs> Sorry, good. Look at this. How'd you get all this stuff into the country? This is America. You could buy anything. Right. You you yeah, bought you, you bought an arsenal of M16s, automatic weapons, rocket launchers off the streets of New York City. That's how it works, man. That is how it yeah, works. That's, that's yeah. exactly how it works. So anyway, um, it, you, you know, it, it's it, it's funny. It's it's like it's like so cl- – but the thing about it is there are people around the world who watch this and like actually believe this shit. No, I know. You know that, I mean? that's, it is. They actually think it's that easy. So anyway, my point though is that um, he asked me – he asked me a question. He says, is there any particular reason you're going so fast tonight? And just something <laughs> about the way he asked it kind of caught me. And I was like, well, what the fuck? What do I have to lose? Okay. And I said, actually, yes. I said, uh, my wife and uh, and her best friend are at our apartment. And my wife just called me and told me that her friend's going to be spending the night with us. And that if I got home in 15 minutes, I wouldn't have to sleep on the couch. I could sleep in the bed with them. And he, like, looks at me a second and goes, is your wife's friend a girl? <laughs> just like that. Just like that. And I knew I had him. That's <laughs> and awesome. I go, yeah. And he Holy looks, shit. He looks one way, looks the other way, as though checking to see if anybody's watching it. And I'm not exaggerating. I am not exaggerating. He looks both ways as if to check to see if anybody's listening to this. And he goes, you don't do one mile over 55 on your way home. And let me go. That is awesome. It's the one and only speeding ticket I've ever got out of. I was going to say. I've and you know never. I've got bad luck. You've been there yeah. for a lot of my oh, speeding yeah. tickets. Well, hell, I, and, and I've got it. I've got the same luck. That's the thing that's always frustrated me. I'm because I'm a very, I'm also a very respectful person. I, like I'm right. very much when it comes, I'm like, look, I get their job, and so I'm always very, and I never fucking get off. You know, nope. like you try to be as nice, and you know, absolutely, I completely understand. You need to start really fucking doing. people over, like this chick here. Like absolutely. You, need, you need to go find Harry Shearer and fuck him over for a new absolutely. story. That's how you get out speeding tickets. There's been plenty of times too where I could have used some stories like that, but fuck, I, I, I would never in my life would have <laughs> believed. I, I literally. <laughs> If you'd be like, you know what, sir, I, I don't need you to step out of the car. That's exactly. I've got to like, shoot you now. That's exactly right. Like, like any, any other cop on the on the beat, they'd have just arrested me. Yeah, or killed me. Um, <laughs> here we go. 
Here we go. Helen Hunt's wife, uh, he, he has lost all hope of this Helen threesome Hunt's happening. Husband. It, it's just, it's not, it's not, it's just gone. Although it's interesting, it's interesting the way that his wife sends him off to the bedroom to console her. He's like, all right, yeah. well, whatever happens, this was your idea. As he unzips his go, pants. And, go take care of it. <laughs> it's like, all right. Look, pulling his belt off. Fill her up and send her on her way. Get I mean, his nickname's here. Animal. What do you think he's going in there to do? <laughs> oh my god but so, honey, the, the Simpsons is, is still a popular series I'd need to get out of here and do some real work The, the, height, of, uh, the height of Hank Azaria's film career Has got to be his, uh, his role In the second half of Heat uh, As the, uh, the guy who's boinking uh, Val Kilmer's wife on the side oh, That uh, yes. Al Pacino flips To, uh, to get him to hand him over yeah. Chris Shahirless's wife Oh, what you I get involved with that bitch? Because she got a great ass! <laughs> and you got your head all the way up it! <laughs> Ferocious, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Hank Azaria has never... Uh, he has never... He's never climaxed uh, quite so quite so highly. <laughs> you know, I thought that he was pulling out... Uh, I did a little research on this in watching it. But uh, this camera that he just pulled out, this, uh, this white camera, looks a lot like a Canon. Uh, looks a little bit like the XL2 that I used to have, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought for a while it might have been the XL2. As a matter of fact, if anybody, if you guys used to watch Daniel Kaiser on GameTrailers.com back in the day, where he used to do his uh, used to do his uh, his news segment, um, that was me shooting Daniel on my Canon XL2. But anyway, I thought it was an XL2, and I went and did some research on it. Turns out it's the Canon L2, which is a high eight. Video camera, and wow. if, if you remember that format, it was recording digitally to analog to eight. Eight, eight millimeter tapes. Yeah, remember that, that shit? Yeah. <laughs> now that is going back in the day, right there. I was going to say I thought it was the 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 XLR XL two two. Yeah, yeah that's, I was going to say that. Yeah, it looks a lot like. I it. thought it looked like like it. <laughs> That's because that's what I was thinking. The second I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's 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 no, like, it's like one of those things, like where you buy a car and you suddenly notice how many other people are buying that. No, car no, 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 dude, I totally do the same thing. Like you, see, you, you he's walking by and you're like, hey, I've got that baseball cap. I've got that baseball cap too. Although we were talking about Spider Man, which is pretty badass. I you have that actual. I sent actual... you a picture. I have that exact strap that he's got, yep. and that like I have no idea if it's like I have no idea what the origin of that is. But I like I said, it came with my first guitar, and I've had it ever since. But and you know that's not the first time I've seen that strap in a movie either. It's in another movie, something like that. Could be one of those cool things that like like a, a certain production designer or something like that has that yeah. in their arsenal and they like to use it, you know, in all their films somewhere or something like that. You're not wrong. Or it could just be coincidence. It could be. It it's, could it's be. one of those two things. It's either a highly orchestrated <laughs> specific <laughs> thing or completely or a complete random. coincidence. It can go either way. Um, this this bit right here with the chewing gum. Looks more American. Chomp, 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 chomp. Like, seriously, like, who wrote this? We're with the 3-2, sir. Thank you, sir. (laughs) What the fuck is happening in this scene? The (laughs) Jean Jean Renault's Elvis impression, not... Not the greatest thing that has ever existed. <laughs> I like Jean like, Renault a lot. Never going to play Elvis. <laughs> Never even going to play French Elvis, this guy. 
Oh, man. Elvis Presley, he was the king. I, I, again, though, and I know we keep hitting God this beat, but my God, the, the the incompetence. The fact that it's like, all right, this is a highly organized. we got to lock this place down. This is very secure. Hey, we're with a 3-2. Let it be! Hey, who, did I ask you? Okay, go ahead. I'm going to razz you a little bit and then send you on your way. Oh, my God. It's it's terrible. So we're going for uh, for go, we're going for second verse, same as the first here with the uh, the fish baiting technique. It worked the first time. You got to give him it credit. It did. I, I mean, it, it worked like a tra- it's like that gag in uh, it's like that gag in Ghost of the Darkness. So did it work when you used it on the tiger? In point of fact, no. But I'm convinced the theory is sound. <laughs> <laughs> Are you running a high fever, man? <laughs> so anyway. Um, how long has it been, would you estimate, since we've seen Godzilla? This one? Or no, no. Mean? I mean, like, in this movie. Like, I'm thinking it's been at least oh, a half my God. hour or more. I, I forgot this was he was even in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in point of fact, I'm pretty sure that he went off to shoot, like, another film he went off to make. Was he, was, he was off making Godzilla 2000. He's like, while we're doing this it's bullshit, like, I'm going to go make a real fucking movie. He's like, I, I got to go get fitted for my rubber suit for the other... <laughs> The other version, which is which is oddly enough better than this one. What irony! They're like, yeah, that jaw looks a little too big. I think we're gonna need to put you in a rubber suit. Like, oh, whatever you think. I'm down for it, fellas. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's just been no. It's it's it it's really. Been a what, long what do you think? Time. Genuinely, I, I really thirty got, minutes, forty five. I mean, maybe it just seems longer because we're watching Godzilla and it just keeps going. But you know that really. It, but it's been at least fifteen twenty minutes since we've seen Godzilla. It, it genuinely is kind of funny that like you know a, a monster flick. Now I mean it's one thing when like the monster flick is about the, f- the the specific fact that you don't see the creature maybe till the end. That's one thing. Yeah. But I mean we're talking about Godzilla. You get we have already seen him and. You know, oh, you look, he stood up and the whole earth shook, like didn't well, happen like, earlier. Where the fuck are they that he's standing up and all they can... I mean, look look at the size of this cavern. Yeah. I mean, where the fuck are they that that I wonder this if they're in that happen? Roosevelt wing of the... Uh, <laughs> it's the Roosevelt wing of the, of the sideway, uh, or the subway. Subway. Um, but it, it is, it's just, like, I cannot, like, I keep trying to tell myself... I keep trying to tell myself, you know what, like, it's a movie. You just got to judge it on its own merits. Fuck that! <laughs> None of this makes sense! Um, you know, love his dedication with the camera work there, because, you know... Yeah, it worked out so well for him last time he did this, right? But the thing about this is... Okay, so they're doing this whole... Th- so there's... All right, so the point that I'm going to make here, and this is not going to be fully realized until we get uh, almost to the end of the film, is that they're making this whole thing that Godzilla can basically move at will... Through I don't know the bedrock or whatever yeah. of New York or Manhattan yeah. Island, right? Can move at will through the uh, through the, the the innards of the city, unless it's the unless it's like like the fucking like like the fucking tunnel going to New York, New Jersey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as long as it's not that tunnel, I mean, in, he can go anywhere he fucking wants. In fairness, it could be he just doesn't want to go to New Jersey. Is that- <laughs> Is it just like now, see, that Godzilla, I would fucking believe. Godzilla's literally like, Roar, oh, oh, oh wait a yeah, nah, I've got yeah, some, you know what? I've got some unpaid parking tickets there. I think I'm just going to hold off and, uh, yeah, yeah, we're just going to stop. So anyway, uh, here we are once again, the military is going to, uh, they're going to do their best to corral and, uh, and take out, uh, Godzilla. I think if you'll pay attention here, I, I think at some point somebody, um, 
Well, I'm not, I'm not, I won't say. I'll, I'll wait until they actually say it because it might not be. Uh, it might not be until later. Fish Trap Two. <laughs> I noticed that they it's didn't have name. their fancy fish icon well, on screen this time. They've though. been busy in this time though. They didn't have you know. You think they could recycle it? You know, being a digital asset. And no, 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 no. Guess again. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you know, actually watching this, it, it occurred to me uh, how many of the shots of Godzilla in this are actually puppets. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, you know, these full body shots, stuff like this, you know, this is CG here. But you look at these insert shots, um, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of puppets and uh, puppetry yeah. going on. I, I, would argue, I would argue that, uh, that O'Neill, this, uh, this military guy, he's a puppet. <laughs> Colonel, Colonel might be a puppet, too. I'm not, I'm not convinced that that's a real person. I, I wouldn't put it past him. You know, I, I I do go back to it, and I don't, I don't particularly like the design of him, but I still think that the CG actually for him actually holds up decently well. Like, I mean, I don't disagree with you. The lighting and the 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 scale and stuff. Like I said, the design I don't like. I don't like the way he the layout, Puppet, like the right designed. There. But like, That's I think true. the way it actually looks in film, I, I gotta give him credit. I actually don't think it. That to me doesn't look cheesy. I don't disagree compared with you, to the rest of it. But also, we're not watching this in high def. We are. That's, that's very true. <laughs> so, that is true. So bear in mind that standard, that, that, you know, standard def, uh, that standard def blur factor might be contributing. That, that's very possible. When I watched this the other night, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, actually the CG in this is not as bad as I thought it was. Like I, because uh, I've gone back and watched CG from the '90s. And you're like, oh yeah. god, what the? Well, I'll be honest. Like even something like Jurassic Park, which is you know sort of you're considered right. a pinnacle. You're right. I don't know. I actually think the lighting in this, and also because it's a darker film. I mean, yeah, it's it it, the, the darkness it hides, hides a lot, but. But with that film, even though it's—I mean, it's—it's it's still. A, I really enjoy that film. But Notice, it, uh, not a single missile actually hit Godzilla there. <laughs> they did kill, you know, quite a few. They killed quite a few people there. in those buildings. But <laughs> look at this! That's like fucking thirty helicopters. Like, if you were to fly one helicopter between buildings, it would the, be considered the, the most dangerous thing you the could down do. Downdraft and stuff would throw all the other. Oh you know, my god! Uh, thirty helicopters. Thirty helicopters in the streets of New York City. Jesus Christ! That's, this is just this is just so stupid. Oh, this is awesome. Look at that. Oh my God! But anyway, and and again, I mean, watch this. Isn't the, I'm the, telling you, like a condition of a PG-13 rating must be that no missile strikes any living thing because they don't hit him <laughs> with anything. Oh my God! Okay, now comes the part. Okay, so now he's in the water. You're like, okay, I get it. Like a good. Now he can hide. He's in the water. Yeah. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He can hide. I can buy into this. <laughs> We've got submarines for this, right? The U.S. Navy's on the job, son. Don't worry. Now check this shit out here. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. I want you to look at where they are right now. I want you to look at this fucking periscope. I want you to look at the set around them, and I want you to tell me if you think that somebody salvaged the set from the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> So they didn't have to spend money on it in this film. Tell me I'm wrong, people. I think you're probably right. This looks suspiciously like... That actually looks very much... Of course, this looks suspiciously like the set from The Hunt for Red October that's just been relit. Of course, I guess... I mean, do all submarines of that class and stuff probably not have the same layout? I mean, I'm not trying... Um, believe me, I'm not trying to defend probably, this It's film. probably highly classified shit. Like, like, to be honest with you... That is probably Because like they, like they said, uh, like in The Hunt for Red October, which is a much better film than this is, by the way, um, they they said that, uh, that when they inquired about, you know, like how they were going to do the designs of the sets and everything, that the military was like, well, you can't do anything what it actually looks like. Like, you're not allowed to do 
anything in the vein of what it actually is. Uh, so they, you know, just had to like you know come just up with all new paradigms because I guess at the time you know it was very highly classified. I don't. Know if I it guess still it's is, yeah. I mean, and I guess that you know. Okay, so they've launched torpedoes now. Okay, so no longer missiles, but torpedoes, which you could make an argument are just underwater missiles. You could, you could, <laughs> you could, you could, you make, could that make that argument. I'd like to ask you a question. Do you think that these underwater missiles will have a better chance of hitting Godzilla? No, Lord, no. No, no, no. Of course Although not. I do like he's actually doing the whole like, you know, hunt for October, sneak exactly back right. around. Exactly right. He, he, he's basically copying Scott Glenn. You know, you know, it's not so did, much that where he's... Did, where did he learn these battles? These, these tactics. tactics. That's, what I was gonna, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's not so much like he's an irradiated lizard so much as he's like Alexander the Great. It really... It's, it's very impressive. Which would explain why the military is so incompetent, going up against the greatest military leader that's ever lived. It's all, I mean, if you told me that there was a terrorist organization called Cobra that had taken <laughs> Alexander the Great's DNA and put it into a gigantic lizard and set it loose on America... I would buy into this movie more than I am. I actually think that sounds awesome. It does, doesn't it? That sounds pretty awesome. I really, I want to, I want to I want see that, that movie, movie made. I want that movie. I really, I, to, again, to, to avoid talking about this movie, <laughs> I would, I would give anything to see them do like real, oh, fully man. realized, like GI Joe and and and. You know, like, I guess like, I guess Transformers. Transformers is gone. I mean, Transformers. Oh, yeah. I guess is just it's it's, it's moved on it's to lost. this this current you know crop, and that's all we're gonna have. But to me, the, like the G.I. Joe movies they brought out, they're just one. They're just uh, personal pin, just not good movies. No. But also, like they just I don't know. They it's just, just a terrible representation of the G.I. Joe problem. Why? And, and don't get me wrong. I, I get that a lot of the concepts within G.I. Joe are silly, but no more silly than what they end up doing. So why don't they at least do those and then try to why do them in a more silly? Yeah, and do them in a good way. Because I would love, I was watching. To be honest, I was going back and rewatching. I've got that big. Uh, Tackle box DVD set that has the entire yeah. GI Joe series on it, and I was going back and starting them over, and like you know, stuff like the mass device. This shot and, right here, yeah, right out of Jaws. Yeah, this is, this is Jaws tumbling, you know, tumbling yeah. down after Bruce Schneider. No, dude, you're you're blown absolutely up. spot on. I never made that connection because, admittedly, I'm not quite as big. You, you're definitely a bigger fan of, of Jaws than I am. But I watch I still, Jaws like maybe five, six times a year. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I literally probably seen it twice, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's spot on. Uh, so anyway, GI Joe Mass Device, as you were saying. Oh no, no I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, why don't they make like you know make it with the the technology we can do now, the care, you know, but but just do the the characters and the story because it's like they look at, at stuff like the cartoon and say, well, that's just silly, and then they proceed to do something that is absolutely every bit as goofy and silly as okay. that. And somehow think that that's better. I'm like, look, if you were going to do it, why not just you, do the stuff that people, you know, exactly. like? If from you were going to yuck it up, why not just, you know, why not just leave it alone? It was already yeah. yucked up enough. Thank you. I mean, those those concepts are goofy and silly, but you could do it nowadays in in, in somewhat with like the DNA technology to do something like Serpentor with right. the, you know, the, you know, with all the stuff with like fucking climate change. You could do a fucking, fucking weather dominator, you know, oh, uh, yeah. episode and like and, and make it a really shit, cool yeah. concept. Like, I mean, you could do stuff that you know. Speaking, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, it was pretty much done. Speaking of climate change, I was just like uh, to go back to Godzilla a little bit. Oh God, um, I I predict that climate change is going to be oh absolutely the genesis of the new Godzilla. Well, I, don't you think? I mean, it's still going to be the nuclear thing. It's still going to be the the core. I think that that's a red herring. 
Oh. And I think I think that like they're, they're gonna, might be right, I think then. they're going to be like, oh, it was radiation, and then the dirty little secret the military doesn't want you to know is it's actually global warming. Well, I mean, how much you want to bet? It's, much it has been settled, Brent. So this is true. But the, the point, like you know, kind of what I was saying with this film, like like how how uh, relevant is the nuclear message th- these days? Yeah, if they are going to try to make a more relevant in quotes Godzilla movie, that seems to be the obvious MacGuffin. That's a very good point. Seems like it'd be less believable, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I, but well, I, I, yeah, yeah, because like, how I, would you? Yeah, how how would you explain that? How would how would global warming explain Godzilla? But I, I, I just I, yeah. know, I was thinking about this the other night. It's like I'll be surprised if they. That's yeah, actually a very good point. If I, they don't hit that at some point. Because I, 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 I when you said the red herring thing, that I really wasn't thinking that way. Like, yeah, they'll they'll say it's like the nuclear, you know, Pete, but but then that will be just a red herring for like, no, what really caused it was was this was this was. The Exxon Valdez spill. <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh my God! That's going back a few years. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be crying then if that's what ends up happening. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> it, it couldn't be any worse than this, uh, and and this is literally. Uh, is this still going on? How do we get it, dude? We got another forty-five <laughs> minutes to this fucking movie. Oh my god! I mean, you think you why think did, you're in the we, clear? Why did I agree to do this? Why did we decide to do this? I don't know, but I actually did the homework. Yeah, I know. That, that's, that's how bad it is. I've actually watched this once already. <laughs> that's, I, I refused to do that. Like uh, we talked to it, I was like, nah, I'll just watch it. it like I watched it. However, what what was it? Sixteen years ago now. Has it been that long? What? Right. Yeah, I guess you're right. Or roughly. So anyway, um, the uh, roughly, <laughs> the point is that um, we've now made it to uh, we've now we've now made it to the final act of the film, and Yay! we're seeing now, this, that actually looks a lot like Alien. That's exactly what I was going to say. It, yeah. it really it reminds me of Alien, although I'm not really sure that's. I, I, I well, no, I don't know. It actually looks very. Much it's, like, it is a giant egg chamber. <laughs> it is. But again, that's the thing. Like this movie is not so much a film, so much as it is an amalgamation a of, of, of things from really good films put together in ways that demonstrate that the people who made this movie had no idea why the people who made those movies put the things in the movie. Yeah, that's cool. Put that in there. But it's a giant egg. What was, just, how would that help us? Well, we'll just say fucking Godzilla lays eggs. All right. Yeah, but like literally, they were just like, look. People aren't interested in giant dinosaurs. The the really he, the really big hero of Jurassic Park were the Velociraptors. The Velociraptors were the really scary things. We need fucking Velociraptors in Godzilla, and and, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people come away from this uh, talking about. They come away from the fact talking about that basically they made a Godzilla movie with a bunch of fucking Velociraptors in it, and that's a valid criticism. But their main criticism should have been they made this movie. That's exactly right. But that that is not. As offensive as the fact that this movie is incredibly shitty in every in every measure that you can conceive of, this movie fails. Uh, but ripping off Jurassic Park for no reason whatsoever uh, is uh, is just I, yet another one of the ways. That's one thing I will say that I, I have never quite understood about this type of filmmaking, which does still happen in a lot of films today. Which is that whole, hey, this was popular. Let's do it. Let's do let's do this, but with something else. Like it, it just it feels very. I don't know. Just just like do you not do you not do films for a reason? I mean, are you not really trying to tell some story? And, and, and there are a lot of people that do, of course. And I think you know, especially when you get into like um, 
Well, especially like indie filmmaking, where you know they they it really it does have to come from a passion. It has to come from, yeah. you know, like that's the only way it's going to get made is if they make it kind of thing. Whereas these right. big budget movies, it really does feel like it. It's not so bad anymore. Well, I say that. I'm, I'm, let me think before I totally say this, but <laughs> right. I, I don't think it's as bad as you know. There used to be that whole. Armageddon, Deep Impact, right? Um, the competing films, the competing films, the two films, and it yeah. was and it was comedically similar. Dante's Peak, Volcano, Volcano, exactly. Like I yes. mean, and we don't quite see it anymore. Although I guess you could almost argue some of the superhero films have, have you know, you you get competing superhero films. I mean, you know, yeah. not, not that they're very similar necessarily, but um, I don't know. It's it's like. We we can't you know somebody had a good idea let's just steal that good idea and try to do it again with with make our version of it yeah well and just that's exactly what these are and of course you know like you were talking about like as opposed to like wanting to make a film or anything they wanted to make money I mean they had a fucking toy line ready for this movie they had a cartoon series yeah after this movie came out I mean they, they had a goddamn Godzilla cartoon series after this and it wasn't the first Godzilla cartoon series yeah that ever existed but the, the point is that. At this point in Godzilla's history, I mean, this Godzilla scene could really, be taken right out of Jurassic. That Park. is it's right just, out of Jurassic like, Park. I mean, it is I mean, it's right fucking out of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, and that, and it's not the only beat. There's another oh, one there's that absolutely. is a direct lift. There's another. There's another like shot the breaking through of a door or something too. Like it's shot, a direct you know, it's like, lift from uh, from Jurassic. Park. And that's the thing. Like I don't even. I don't. I, I have absolutely no. Hard feelings against them wanting to make money against them. You know, like no. taking wanting to take a, a franchise. Like to me. You have the rights to the Godzilla franchise. You know, that's the although greatest think, thing ever. Although I think that was in contention. I think Toho actually was like, wait a second. Do you actually have the rights to make this movie? Oh, really? I, see, I think that there was some legal shit with this. Tell us about remember. that because that's way more interesting than what's going on. <laughs> I wish I knew yeah. more about it. Um, but, but in all seriousness, it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, I'm trying to think. Like, So you've got the rights to Godzilla. You've got the rights to Transformers. You've got the rights to... Star Wars, whatever it is, it's like, like that's the one thing that's so exciting to me about these new Star Wars films is it does really feel like, hey, we've got the rights to fucking Star Wars. Yep, we can make, we can make these awesome movies from Star Wars. Not like, okay, we've got the rights. It's a money making machine. It's a print machine. So just do whatever. Give, give me some designs on some figures. Just yeah, just, I want to see action figure designs. What it, we got to make a movie? Ah, fine, we'll get to that. Exactly. Like that's you know so. Uh, to me, it does. They don't have to be one the same. It's not like you know yeah. we've got this franchise, so let's let's just milk it. It's like, look, we've got this franchise. We have an opportunity to make something really awesome. There's a reason people really love these movies. There's a reason we want to make another Godzilla movie is because Godzilla as a whole, people really think of fondly. There are certain things about it they really like. Yeah, and then they kind of go in opposite direction. That's the one thing that always drives me crazy. And I, I don't. I'm not saying that you always have to make the same movie every single time. Matter of fact. I wouldn't want you to make the same movie every single time. But I do think that there are like certain beats, certain like sort of key parts of, of different franchises, different characters, of different uh, IPs, or whatever you want to say it, that you need to hit. And when you don't hit those, it just feels sort of like, sort of disingenuous. Like, you know, oh, great, we got Godzilla. Let's make it a fucking giant monkey. 
<laughs> you know, like let's <laughs> let's make it something that it's not. You know, yeah. and I just I don't I don't understand that, and it seems like it still happens all the time. Well, you talk about that a lot, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, it's that it's that whole paradox of okay, we're going to make a movie based on an existing property because the audience for that existing property will come see our movie, and it guarantees us. Uh, an expectation of a return on our investment. It's a guaranteed way to make money. So it's like, okay, well, that makes perfect sense as long as you don't change the existing property. Well, exactly. As long as you're making what the built-in audience wants hey, to see, I mean, then we, that makes total sense. But the second you start fucking with that formula, then it's like, well, if the built-in audience isn't interested in the existing property, then where's your where's your fucking guaranteed profit? It, that's exactly it. It's like, you know, ooh, why, why would we want to do this movie? Oh, well, there's an audience that really loves this movie. Okay, right. great. Get the rights to it. Now let's change the shit out of it. Like, I yeah. just, I, I don't... It doesn't don't. make any sense to me, but unfortunately, I think you and I are wrong about this because, I mean, look at fucking Transformers. I mean, I mean you know, Transformers is a goddamn success financially, and there are, I mean, there are fucking people that will argue with, with, with us about well, that, how terrible those movies are. And I mean, yeah. those movies are fucking awful. Yeah. But there are still people that will defend them and say, oh, I think they're pretty good. I, although I think, I really do, and I sort of stand by this, it's I, think turn, trans, I think Transformers will be the this type of movie 10, 10 15, 20 years down right, the road. Right, people go back and watch it and I be think like, people oh, go God, back and be really like, bad. yeah, that was pretty bad. Like, yeah. it's, it's popular now. I mean, it's like, because it goes back to the whole thing with Transformers with, you know, hey, it's just giant robots fighting. How can you not like that? Right. No, you know what? That's not the thing that I wasn't what was good with. about Transformers. Well, and, and that's not even the thing I even really have a problem with in the movies. Yeah. Like, uh, the, fine, the, whatever. My thing is there there are characters there and there's a storyline there and there are concepts there. You know, not... I don't know. It's just like they focus on the the wrong things. They take the the they take that one thing that they think is the hot thing, and and then they just do whatever the hell they want to with it. Yeah, you know, as we watch this, uh, trying to come back to the movie for no for no real good reason, but <laughs> coming back to Godzilla for a second, um, you know, ostensibly they've killed Godzilla off at this point. Godzilla's dead, uh, downed by the missiles, which magically uh, found their mark for once. Well, no, actually, they they kind of. Didn't they like went by him and just happened to blow up the wall in front of him, right? Which crumbled it, on top of him, it killed him, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, it probably so he, killed a hundred thousand other people, too. Yes, by indeed. The way. I just want to point well, I mean, you know, it's worth it, though. Well, I mean, you know, any death toll is, is worth is worth a, a successful. Mission. I mean, with as many people of, of New York as they were as the military was killing at that point, that was <laughs> really, actually that really was like a, a better that, that slowed them down, but uh, the murderous rampage that they were going on, <laughs> exactly. But uh, the point is that at this point, Godzilla's dead. And the thing is, uh, I watch this and I think to myself, like, is the reason that we saw Godzilla so little in this film? And really, if you add up the screen time of Godzilla right now, it's not much. I mean, what, 10 minutes? Maybe. Maybe on screen. Maybe like, you know, I mean, basically we've and had... And that's walking around scenes, that's too. That's right. You know, we've like, had two full-on scenes where he's been walking around the city. Yep. And then there's that one scene where he kind of comes ashore. Mm-hmm. Where you see him a little bit here and there. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's all he's been in this movie. This is, this is so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right out of it. This, uh, but, I mean, we've seen Godzilla very, very little, and you think, like, okay, well, it's, like, really expensive CG. Uh, you know, like, they were just they were just trying to conserve. But then you get to this thing. Like, this is nothing but fucking CG. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, it, again, like, it just, it comes to, it comes to that whole point of, like, you know, where were your, where were your priorities here? Velociraptors. Uh, that's exactly right. And I think this is the shot right here where... He 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 opens the door with his head exactly like the Velociraptor oh, yeah. in the kitchen in Jurassic Park. Here it comes, me, I think. Let me ask you something. I have a while we're watching this. Um, do you think because now you know? So as we were talking, like there it is. 
Do you do you Fucking think that the only Park. reason that they optioned this or got the rights to it Jurassic Park was because of Jurassic Park? I you know, at, right. first, yeah, at first, at oh, first, I sort of thought movies. that they were like they saw and they're like, "Hey, this could be great." Now I'm almost thinking they're just like, you know, look, we need to do dinosaurs, but but if we just do straight up dinosaurs, that's that, yeah, I mean that is that's too close to Jurassic right. Park. Uh, who, what, what's something else we could do? You know, I I hear. I hear we can steal the rights from Toho, apparently, and not have to pay them or something. That's exactly right. You know, um, it, it, okay, so check this scene out here. Like, we've just gone through this whole thing where the phone lines do not work. All right? Mm-hmm. And now we're, now, we, now we're doing the escape on the elevator gag because the power's still online. Because, thankfully, phone lines and power lines don't run on the same infrastructure. It's very <laughs> true. It's very true. And, <laughs> yeah. and you got to give them credit. I mean, at least the... Uh, Velasa Godzillas were kind enough to give him plenty of time. You know, they sort of That's like true. look at him, kind of walk towards him. They're like, like "I want to eat you, but you're so cute." You know, you, you really you're are really dreamy. Hunky. You really are. Trailer. Uh, hey, we're eating popcorn. Wrong Trailer. floor. Ah, <laughs> because that. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, Again, like that move. That that moment's in this movie for the fucking trailer. Um. It, it, this is also this is what Madison Square Garden yeah. uh, that they're in, right? Which That's um, I'm just trying to think of anything to talk about besides. I'm sure that Daniel would movie. be horrified, horrified at what they're doing to Madison Square Garden because this is where the Knicks play, as Hank Azaria informed us earlier. There's some um, popcorn. So I, I'm sure that I'm sure that if DK had seen this movie. He he could have gone the entire movie and just been like, yeah, yeah okay, whatever. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I think no one treats Madison Square Garden like that. I think, you, I think you're probably right. Um, that's that, that's the only that's the only notable thing I can I can say about it. Um, so here, <laughs> there's a lot of camera uh, uh, uh. there's a lot of camera abuse that goes on in this movie. <laughs> um, and as Jimmy Olsen, okay. Hank Azaria. Check this out. Look, look at this line of dialogue. This is absolutely the greatest thing ever. Here it comes. I know when we get a message to the outside, we can't. The phone lines are down, but she knows how to get a message to the outside. And what is the way that we're going to do that? Tell us, Audrey. Tell us the brilliant plan. Oh, damn it. The, the line of dialogue is kind of. This is. I mean, this is great. This is absolutely. The, the bit of logic here, and this is the other thing about this movie. This is like one of those movies that was made prior to anybody actually understanding technology whatsoever. You know, That is a great point. That really is. Where, where people didn't necessarily question these things. That's exactly because they're right. like, I bet that is true. It was the Star Trek school of, uh, we got to reverse the polarity. Oh, yeah. It was. We talked about reversing the polarity and jamming the frequencies. This was back in the days when you could do that. That is actually a great, that really is a great point. Okay, here it is. Our network covers Ranger games. Oh, come on. Say the goddamn line. <laughs> no wonder you didn't act after this. You're, you're fucking useless. <laughs> so anyway, she explains that their network covers the Ranger games and the, re- and the way <laughs> the computer's on an intranet with a direct feed to their computer system. Wouldn't an intranet be, like, internal yes! to the place? Yes. That's weird. And if it was going to contact out, it would need something like, oh, I don't know, the phone lines! <laughs> what? What? 
<laughs> I, uh, it's like the phone lines are down, but thank God the ISDN's still up. This is actually a great point because this is in 98 where essentially this is – well, this is the beginning of like my my exposure really right. to the this internet This was like the first year you got things. your computer, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But even I think to a lot of people, this was when the internet really – you know, the, the, around 98 was probably when the internet started to become more and more – um, it's it, it's when really people began to like understand that there was something happening in this, yeah. in this place called the internet online. And within a few years, you you really are right. Like stuff like this, just you know, it was laughable. Well, because well, people just were able to get you know were, were were having to do a lot of these things. Like they were yeah. having to actually work with you know networks in their home and things and, like and that. suddenly throwing around all these fancy words didn't seem so. Yeah, it didn't seem quite as impressive. Um, But um, so somehow, uh, somehow the phone lines are down, but there's enough bandwidth somewhere to send to send video and audio uh, in standard definition at least. It looks like now, I, I almost think could this not be like because it does look this is Master Square Garden, which I'm sure does have some sort of like satellite uplink, you know, for shooting like you know the games and sending it up there. But like that's they don't say that they try to you know they, that, that's the thing like they don't even that do would make stuff sense that actually, would, and and I think it's just as sounds just as nice and technical to fit the need they want. By yeah. the way, I think that's a Sony BVM. Uh, which is like you the are, monitor, right? That's exactly right. You're right. Those are actually really good monitors. God, they're amazing monitors. They're worth quite a bit of money these I, days. I will so. say, I, I really was not like the whole sort of CRT as a uh, perfect source for old old school video gaming. I, I never really bought into it. I was like, no, nah, I'm in emulators and yeah. you know new computer screens. You can do Makes you can do so much so. more things with it, man. After I bought. Bought a monitor, a really high quality monitor, and started hooking everything up. You know, RGB. My God, it just looks amazing. That the footage we're seeing now is not a great a way to not a great example, example, but yes, it is. Uh, it, it is impressive nonetheless. Now, I'm trying to do anything but talk about this film. I just want to. <laughs> there's a line of dialogue here that I and and maybe we've missed it. Maybe it was back when he was explaining the whole nesting theory to uh, to the military before they threw him out. Um, but uh, yes, here it is. Very soon, uh, a new. That could replace us as the dominant species of this planet. So Matthew Broderick is literally making the case that if we do not stop these Velocigodzillas, mm-hmm. that they could replace Homo sapiens as the dominant species on planet Earth. Well, in okay. fairness, he's he's saying that about the type of Homo sapiens we have in this movie, which I think that's is a fair point. Actually, you're because right; they are completely inept. If if the, if the people in this movie are any representation of the human race, then we could be in trouble. That is, and anyway, it would have been better off, honestly. Well, you know, you're right. I mean, I personally welcome our new Godzilla overlords, but uh, I want everybody to remember that what's what's at stake here is. Stopping these creatures from becoming the dominant species of the planet. Just keep that in mind. It's going to be important here in a minute. <laughs> I have a feeling I know where you're going. Yeah, you probably do. So anyway, um, so our magical our magical ISDN line is getting the uh, the satellite. Or <laughs> what about the satellite? Is it snowing in space? <laughs> uh, they're they're managing to uh, to get their their broadcast out. That was a great broadcast. We're all about to die, but hey, good job. Way, way to land it. Can I just real quick before you finish that point? Did yes. you notice that they were having like dinner parties in the city that is that is being... Well, no, that was supposed to be New Jersey. That was supposed to be New Jersey. Oh, was it? Okay. I mean, but like, let's right. be honest. If New York, if New York City oh. was under threat of like imminent destruction, yes. the people in Jersey would throw a party. Let's be honest. If there was anywhere exactly in the world where a giant lizard was terrorizing a city... The whole world would stop. That's exactly right. They're like, "Hey, let's throw a party." Jeez. 
So uh, anyway, I think snow. that snow, analog snow, beautiful. Anyway, um, Jean Reno's like, this party's over. And then he decapitates Django Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but God, that'd have been awesome. Yeah, right? it would be awesome. Okay, so the Velociraptors have finally discovered how to get through glass. God help us. Here we go. This movie still ain't over, folks, and we still got a healthy chunk of time. I mean, that's the thing. It's not like, oh, you know, we're almost out of this. No, this movie's still going on a while. Um, so now we, the, you know, they, as they say, uh, a time limit. A time limit is always the thing you want to have to ramp yep. up tension. Anytime you're doing anything in a movie, um, throw a time limit on it. It, yep. it. It's it's one of those, I mean, it's a trick as old as fucking movies are old. Uh, and so that's what we're going to, as opposed to get out of the move, get out of the, you know, get out of Madison square garden and the, let us know when you're out, but they can't do that because the phone lines are down. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're sending in the, we're sending in the, uh, we're sending in the, uh, the planes. That's right out of star Wars right there. That's that fucking, that's that fucking <laughs> shot where Han and Chewie go barreling down the hallway and then come running right back up to yep. they run in that squad of stormtroopers. Again, it's, they, I mean, it's just like everything about this, they just pulled out. Every okay. good thing about it, like every, because yeah. I mean, like, they, they didn't do that horribly. I mean, it, it played for a decent job. There's some right. basketballs they won't Okay, really pay attention, those. everybody. Pay attention. Here we go. The new dominant species on the planet, foiled by gumdrops. <laughs> That's what this movie is. This movie is the dominant species on the planet, foiled by gumdrops. Congratulations, Roland Emmerich. You know the sad thing about Roland Emmerich is, I guarantee you, he goes to bed every night of his life, and he masturbates, and right as he comes all over his stomach, he says, I'm better than Roger Corman! I'm better than Roger Corman! I'm like, really? Are you? <laughs> like, when he looks in the mirror the next day, feeling all guilty and shit, he asks himself, am I? Am I better than Roger Corman? <laughs> I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure, Tony. Um... Swatch, God, you remember Swatch? Well, I was just noticing the thing. Like, this is another thing I love about movies that are not. I mean, you know, this movie's not terribly old, but 16 like sixteen years. Like, you think they just had a, a look? A he's selecting an LGB rocket. Yeah. I have no idea. Like, at what point the government decided that hurling lesbian, gay, and bisexual people <laughs> at dinosaurs was okay and not a violation back of the civil the 90s, rights. Back in the 90s, it was it was not frowned upon like it is now. That's exactly right. But, I mean, you know, that's an example of the progress we've made is that they can no longer AT&T use... at t would have totally sued for those lights. They, they the should have. Way. They really should have. But it's nice to know that the military can no longer use lesbian, gay, and bisexual people as weapons against dinosaurs. Yeah, the, we have come a long way in, in terms of the LGBT missile community. I agree. I, uh, I But if you think about things like, you know, the, the blockbuster sign that was in the back there. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, no kids, kids that are around now, your daughter... We'll never, we'll know, never know what Blockbuster is. Now, I mean, I'm not saying, and like, you know, well, lucky if, you for don't, her, right? if you don't know what Blockbuster is, you just haven't lived. But, I mean, at the same time, that was a huge part of yep. of watching films, but for a very narrow window, really, when you True. think about it. I mean, what, maybe 20 years from about, you uh-huh. know, mid-80s to, you know, Madison mid-2000. Square Garden Circular, as yeah. it turns out. Uh, Ironic, wouldn't you think? They're New Yorkers. <laughs> Fucking New York. They'd never make that mistake in Jersey. Um... So there you have it. Uh, the Velociraptor threat is dealt with. Good hits, Bye. the pilot tells us. Um, fucking, um, fucking Empire State Building still standing. 
Hasn't been decapitated by the uh, by the Air Force. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, they're, here we are. They're probably are. going to blow that up right now, though. They're like, yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> like, if we're, we're gonna, here. Let's we just got, go ahead and do we're it. We're going to have to start all over anyway. I, I'd hate to, you know. Yeah, you're uh, you're not wrong. Um, so you're thinking to yourself, you're like, oh, wow, I'm really glad this is over. And I can go <laughs> home now. Yes, that's exactly. Guess again. Oh. Guess again. It ain't over yet, kids. Man. This is, um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, oh yeah, he could use coffee. You know, I've never had French roast coffee. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's that much better than American coffee. Uh, I mean, as this movie croissant? would have us believe. Come on, you haven't lived. What's that fucking gag from? What's that fucking gag from Snatch where dude says something is? Uh, he says, "Hammy, like blah blah blah." Is like it's, it's French for croissant, <laughs> and dude goes. Croissant is French. <laughs> oh my God, he's back! He's back! You know this was this was another and thing. He's pissed. This was another thing for movie. I don't know if this was exclusive to the '90s, but I just remember a lot of it in the '90s. Yeah. About that, he's dead. He's dead. No, he's not. No, he's okay. Not. Now he's dead. No, he's not. You know, just like that. Yeah. Like it would just never end. Like the like the the, the it's antagonist like, of the monster was always coming. That was back. almost like a thing from like the '80s with horror films, right? And it was like they sort of. They, they brought it into the mainstream with, with You're a right. lot of these That's movies. Exactly I mean, really, right. it was like that. It's the, something out of like killer, Halloween or yeah, something. Yeah, the killer is dead, and oh, everybody can finally realize, oh, no, he came out of the flames with the knife, and he killed yeah. somebody else or something. Yeah. You know, they, they make that statement at one point in this movie. Like, Matthew Broderick tells the uh, – he tells the colonel, he says, you know, you know, he's not – he says something like he's not a person. He's just an animal. And yet everything – about what Godzilla does in the movie would would lead us to believe that he's a lot smarter. He is than these, much smarter, than, but than again, these fucking people. it just plays into the whole thing that you know. The, why isn't he burning them with atomic fire? You ask. That's a great question. Why isn't he just walking over there like he has in every other place well, in town? Right. Like I mean, he just why is he having why a problem? Why is he, why is he reaching buildings? for something? Why doesn't he just go? You know, he he can move he can move through bedrock as easily as again air. that perfect like he it's just the perfect distance to not be able to grab him I, that yeah. that's just uh, just uh, I know this is a stupid movie and none of this is is realistic but that that just those things just make it too perfect you know I, too I agree I, I that that was like a really big trend like, like you know we were talking about like the, like the whole time limit thing and like yeah. you know it would like run these, down to zero and then these they, tropes that they just they they all they did just back always in that hit time. It. yeah I mean, and they, they even did that like I think that was one of the funniest gags in Galaxy Quest is where uh, Sigourney Weaver and Tim Allen get down to you know to deactivate the self destruct and they hit the button and the co- the clock keeps running oh and, yeah that's right it stops on like, one. like what the hell, what the hell? And it stops on one because the these aliens have watched the show and they're like, and well, it always stops at well, one. We got to make it. So that's that it how it works. Exactly. exactly. So I think that um, I think that you know it, it is. It's just it's just like a pure extension of like that kind of mentality yep. that uh, just got carried over. But it is. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, like I, I watch this now and I just kind of like think like like we really put up with a lot. I mean, like like we we could have filed for assault charges. Oh, absolutely. We like, should have. We we really should have. I mean, it's like some of this stuff was just like terrible, but it's amazing. But, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. At the time, I don't know that it necessarily came off that way. You but know it, what I mean? Like it just. Uh, what I want to know is if we were older at the time, if we if we'd known a little bit more, if we'd seen more movies, if we understood more, would we have recognized this as being as bad as it is? Ah, maybe. But you know, at the same time, at the same time, you think like you know, will we say the same thing? Like you know. Uh, that, that people you know watch movies that, that were older in our time like ah they just don't make them like they used to like I mean that's yeah. that's always going to be a thing you know it's always going to be true. that 
that sort of idea. I do think, though, that these types of things just will. I mean, they, they even though this is sort of the example, perfect example of it in the mid '90s, this is still going to be going on. You know, with movies now and forever, sure. just just to varying degrees. There's going to be so many tropes and so many different things that we that we see in movies that are happening now that right now we're not so as much aware of maybe. Yeah, you got to get a later you'll, on them. Yeah. That's true. You get 10 or 20 years and then you start to see them. I, I think. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I'm uh, probably not wrong. <laughs> no, no, but probably not. Yeah, probably. I think that th- th- there's, an interesting, uh, there's an interesting device that they do here. And again, it just... It, <laughs> Wait know, a minute. Even though... There's an interesting <laughs> device they do in this Interesting movie? might not be the word that That's I wanted to use. But my point is... There's this thing that they do here where we've got to get in contact with we got to get in contact with O'Neill to coordinate something. And Wait, so, I know a way that I can get a message out. So he tosses he tosses out this placard from the cab that's got the cab number on it, and then we're led to believe that the most expedient way of getting in communication with them is for the the army guys to go trucking down to the cab company. <laughs> To pull out the notebook that's got the frequencies for the cabs in it. So they, as opposed to Matthew Broderick screaming like, out the window, throw me a radio. Yeah, exactly. We'll be back. We're going to come back around here in two seconds. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're going to, we're going to cut up the Broadway. Well, it's like, I mean, it's like, like I will <laughs> oh say, that was God. one of those things that I did not like about the, the first uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, that, that whole thing where he's like. Hey, hey, Billy! You you know uh, you still know Jimmy down Jesus, on third? You know Is he still working down there? Like it's like that whole thing of like things oh, just don't God. work like the way they 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 try to make them sound like they do. I think this that is the, I think this is the, the second and only time we see uh, Godzilla use his atomic fire in this. movie. You're right. I think you're definitely right. And it's astonishing. It's astonishing how terrible it looks. Of course, now, it really did look bad. I, this that, is that one for, specifically. CG fire is, is tough. CG fire yeah. is a tough nut to crack. It took a long time. That's probably why they didn't do it honestly. Like they probably had more scenes written in, and it's like that. Eh, just either it was too expensive or it didn't look good enough, and they were just like, ah, eh, you know, fuck as it. if they needed to make it look actually like fire. I mean, like like they could have just made it look like the blue column of uh, well, I think they of could, flame from even from the in the movies. Wars. They kind of like they. Made Make it look more like almost like electric fire. Like exactly. they could have made it look any way they want to. You know what's really funny about this thing that we're about to see here? Um, and I, I've, I've preempted the fact this. that he can go through anything. He can except, go through anything like except he, when he needs to. Except the Lincoln Tunnel. Like like yeah. the Lincoln Tunnel is apparently made out of fucking adamantium, and he can travel through. Okay, so what can, arr, he can travel through water arr. faster than torpedoes. Okay, he can travel through bedrock yep. faster than people. He can travel. He, he can run faster than missiles can travel. In fairness, though, isn't that but he a toll cannot bridge? Isn't get that through, a toll bridge? Maybe he didn't have. Oh, change. he didn't have change. That's, I mean, no pockets. No pockets. He's a giant monster. No pockets in that giant rubber monster suit. But yeah, so he can travel through every goddamn thing in the movie, but not the Lincoln Tunnel. No. Nope. Park Avenue can, Tunnel, I stand He can corrected. almost reach in there, though, which just shows the intelligence of this stupid creature. Again, that, I mean, it's not Godzilla. He, you know, he is an amalgam of the greatest military leaders that the world has ever known. <laughs> he is Serpentor. He's Serpentor. I he mean, is this Serpentor. is not Godzilla. This is Serpentor. It really is. And if you think of the movie... That lays eggs. I mean, if Serpentor laid <laughs> eggs... This would be well. I mean, come on! Like if you like if you were going to bring back all the all the world's mightiest military leaders to lead your terrorist organization, wouldn't you want him to be able to reproduce a? Although in the world we're in, this world has no great military leaders. <laughs> Obviously, the military in this. Movie well, I mean, Jean Reno is the closest that we've got. Okay, right now. that's fair. But that's I mean, fair. seriously, I mean, like you could look over and you'd be like, "Hey, Serpentor, what are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm reproducing asexually." Aren't you sorry you asked? And you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am, Serpentor." <laughs> Anyway, this gag right here that we're about to see—have you seen the fucking? Uh, have you seen the fucking Fiat commercial 
with Godzilla eating. And uh, and the guy goes, uh, looks like he's in the mood for Italian as he's chomping down Fiat cars. That commercial directly inspired by the scene we're about to see. Okay. I'm convinced. (laughs) All right. Directly inspired. Um, So we've now we've now hit upon the idea that um, you may you may be hearing my adopted uh, dog. (laughs) <laughs> running around the uh, running around the room here. Pay him no mind. Okay, so here we go. Godzilla just chomped up the cab. That shot is almost directly out of the fucking TV commercial I'm describing really? to you. Why it is used anything from this film. I, like like really, but I mean like in a way that's that's kind of I think that again, says something. It's like the best idea from this movie is only good enough for a television commercial now. Well, again, you though, know what like. I mean? He literally has can can eat, bite through anything, and he's having a hard time with this car. That's right. I mean, well, he, I mean, he can't. He, you know what he can't bite through? Detroit, baby. <laughs> That's what he can't bite through. Oh my god! Of course, the, the car will come out of this. You know. Yes. Z- yes. Z- yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Now. Remember what I said at the beginning of the okay, movie? Okay, done. I'm done. Roland Emmerich does not want to direct films. Roland Emmerich <laughs> wants to direct theme park rides. Tell me I'm wrong. You're Tell not me wrong. I'm wrong about this. You're not wrong. I'm not even sure his theme park rides would be good, though. That's the problem. You know, it, it, is, it is interesting to consider that. All right, so we've managed to... Uh, We've managed I mean, to get Godzilla up on the bridge. We're going to get him tangled up in the suspension cables. Why would he jump cables. up on the bridge? Like, why would he? Like, why would he just bust through them? Like, what? I, that's a good question. Here's another good question: What do the cables on a suspension bridge do? They hold it up, don't they? Yeah, and watch what happens when this happens. Look at this. My question to you now is: What exactly is keeping this bridge up? Because it sure as fuck isn't the cables. American spirit. America is what's keeping it up. New York spirit. I can I can literally go through the the earth and everything around it, but a couple of cables are kind of giving me some trouble. That's exactly right. He can travel. This is bedrock. honestly, in oh, fairness, though, have you ever this? been outside at night and walked through a fucking spider web? Like that is kind of the effect it has. It like right. paralyzes you, and you're like, ah, <laughs> ah. But that's because you're afraid you're about to get bit on your face by a brown recluse. Well, that is true. The spider web itself. But is maybe, not the... maybe. He's a, but I mean, he's a stupid thing. He doesn't. Maybe he doesn't know. I mean, no, he's, he's a, not. He's, a he's, a he's Well, no, he's a military genius, but he's stupid otherwise. <laughs> he's stupid engineer. He's not an engineer, though. No. Oh my God! One uh, one last. Hey, a New York cab can do anything. Yeah, you're not don't, wrong. Don't. So I think that that's it. I think that at long last we have uh, we finally had the last we've had the last hurdle that our heroes are going to have to jump. Our heroes in quotes <laughs> are going to have to uh, are going to have to jump through. And now we have this really odd thing that happens here. Suddenly, after everything we've gone through in this movie, <laughs> right on target. Oh yeah, they got no problem hitting him now. Now that he's being held down by the fucking. Brooklyn in, Bridge. In fairness, that is what it took, though. It took like them to stabilize it as much as humanly possible. But it's really interesting how all we, of a sudden now they're going to try to play this for sympathy. I all mean, of a sudden, like at the very <laughs> end, they're like, oh, it's kind of sad that he's dying. It, it is one of those things, and I do think there is actually some... I, I think there is something to it. I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, it, they don't play it well in this movie, but I mean, the whole, whole idea is it's a creature that is just... Living, surviving, it's doing what it you know. It's it's not like it's going after people because 
it's you know just trying to razz him for money or something like that. Like I mean, you don't just, know, you know that. I mean, come on. <laughs> I looked into his soul. I looked into his soul and saw a friend. <laughs> but I do, I do love how it's like you know they later on Godzilla goes goes on to rule Russia. <laughs> Have you seen his pecs though? I come mean, on. come on, come on, manly man. But uh, they do. They play this whole thing for sympathy, and it's just—it's totally inexplicable. And watching it with the sound down, it's completely ineffectual. I mean, the only thing that even maybe gets you into that place is just the music. I, you know, I, I actually think this is not so much the worst part of the film. I actually think there's this is very similar to like King Kong. This is like the the whole scene, you know, at the end where I mean, just he's he's. I mean, to say he's misunderstood, I guess, is, is maybe simplifying it to a certain degree. But, I mean, like, that is the whole point. It's like, look, you know, we're... Yeah, look, he just wants to travel through bedrock, avoid missile fire, and reproduce asexually. What's the big fucking problem? All right. Godzilla's dead. All his little egg babies. All his little egg babies are dead. Death that girl's career is dead. Matthew Broderick's action star turn is dead. Um... And now we're going to walk off into the rain machine. <laughs> I was watching an, uh, some other movie the other day. You was know, it better than this one? Well, yes. It, it was another movie. <laughs> it was, but I was watching something else where they were using like the rain machine outside. And it was so bad. And I was like, have, have yeah. we not gotten have to the not- point now where we can't get that right? Yep. Actually, wrong. you know what? I think it was. I think it was Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> there was a scene outside of the window, and I really was. I was looking at it. And I was just like, "That looks like that fake, like real sheets of rain." Like, whoo, yeah. Whoo. And I was like, "That just looks so bad." Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, those two uh, got together. Uh, I'd uh, forgotten all about them. Thank goodness until just now. She, you know, like that. Like her reaction right there was my reaction to seeing this film. It was like as soon as I had done it, I was like, "Oh no, uh, no! What, did I, what have I done? What have I done?" What have I done? The mayor who destroyed Godzilla. Roland Emmerich ran for mayor? <laughs> wow. What a... What an are, you, are you the mayor that got uh, 90% of our population killed? Yeah. You should use that as a selling point. What do on you your know? Next, on the next race. Oh, Where is O'Neill? Look at the right bumbling now. for the radio there. My God. Jesus. This is awful. One hell of a job. Way to get 90% of the population in New York killed. It would have been awesome if he had just like, like clicked back on and been like, I have always loved you. <laughs> Aww. He's going to tell her his story. Oh, it's Harry Shearer. Does she punch him? Is this one of those movies where the woman punches the you know jerk reporter at the end? It feels like it's this. And she meant that. I mean, because, oh. like, you know, that was the last thing she ever did with acting. So, I mean... <laughs> no, I literally quit. I, I literally quit. I quit. This is not my character saying this. Aw, jeez, with the tape. Where did he get that camera? Where did that camera come from? I thought he left his camera in the control room at uh, Madison Square Garden. Ah, uh, details. <laughs> You're thinking about this movie again. And yeah, that's your first mistake. I mean, that, that, that camera's only... Uh... Oh, look, the phone lines are back up, everybody. <laughs> as soon as Godzilla dropped dead, everything started working again. What do you know? Philippe. I am back into the shadowy realm, my friend. Of good coffee. 
Don't and, fucking say au revoir. That's fucking French words. You shut up, you American. Oh, man. Ah, what a douchebag. And off he... Well, uh, my work here is done. <laughs> New York is New no York longer is, a city. So apparently... Francis, Francis finally won in the battle against America. <laughs> not, to get, not to give international terrorism any bright ideas, but apparently the way to destroy New York City is to send, is to send in a team of six Frenchmen, and they'll get the job done. Oh, lordy. All righty then. Um, so I think we're going to go to credits here, and... Uh, Ordinary. No, wait a minute. He's not dead, right? Doesn't he come back up again? No. <laughs> wait, does he? <laughs> no, one of the eggs hatches. Oh, that's God, right. I forgot. They, cause they, oh, you just ruined it. What if somebody's Jesus. watching this? Uh, l- listen, I mean... That's, <laughs> you ruined it. I mean, that was... That's critical. That, that's, that's, that's far from the last thing that's ruined this one. I mean, have, we, ha- have they officially canceled the sequel to this one? Yes. Okay. I mean, it, it, so it, there's... No chance it could still come out. So here you go. The Knicks locker room, apparently the most well-protected structure in North America, survived a direct well, hit nothing's going on from there. a lesbian, gay, bisexual missile barrage. And um, and one of them is... Ordinarily, we would talk through the credits, but no. Although you have to admit... I, no, no you, should, you should focus on these people and... And remember their names and faces, and never give them a cent of your money again, um, with the exception of maybe John Renault because he's pretty awesome. I agree. I can honestly say that I'm enjoying these credits more than I enjoyed anything that we saw. Jean Luc, Jean Claude, Jean Pierre, Jean Philippe. So anyway, that's it, guys. That's uh, that's Godzilla 1998. Uh, I remember us walking out of the theater and feeling a little disappointed. In yeah, it. yeah. I remember thinking like uh, it was pretty shitty. Yeah, it wasn't very good. So you know, so prior to this was uh, Roland Emmerich was uh, Independence Day, mm-hmm. which uh, I haven't watched. Actually, that would actually be interesting. I haven't watched it in, in a watched couple that. of years, but I've I, watched that recently. More recently than this, I have. But, yeah, but I watched uh, it last year, and it wasn't. Oh, it, it was terrible. Up, it was really bad. But it held up better than this, didn't it? I, only because I actually really like Jeff Goldblum. Okay, I, that's fair. I, 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 it's but it's it's pretty bad as well. Oh no, it's it's awful. I mean, don't don't in any way misunderstand what I'm saying. It's an awful movie. <laughs> He also did The Day After Tomorrow, another awful film. 2012, awful film. 2012, was White House awful Down, film. awful film. White House Down was awful film. Um, I, I'm really not 10,000 BC. I, I'll awful be honest, film. looking through everything he's done, the only movie I can also say that I did enjoy is The Patriot. Yep. He also did the thirteenth floor. Remember that bizarro? Floor. Like they tried to market it like as kind of like a like a Matrix alternative. Remember that? Mm, not. It was bad. Really. It was really bad. But anyway, uh, the bottom line is that uh, the one good thing, the one thing that we can say definitively is that Brian Cranston Godzilla oh. can in no way be as bad as this one is. And this one is over. So that's two good things. The, to yes, say this one it. is over. Um, you know, uh, you we now no longer have to watch this ever again. I mean, we gave, we gave it time, let it age, to see if it aged well. It didn't. It did not. Um and now we know. And now we know. And, and knowing so, is half the battle. In this case, it's the entire battle, and you never have to watch this movie ever again. Um, you shouldn't have watched it now. We shouldn't have watched this now. This is a bad idea. Didn't you come up with this idea for us to watch this? I'm almost positive it was you, but... I think this is a horrible idea. Hail Serpentor. <laughs> I'm Brent Adams, and this has been the Drive Home Breakdown. We hope that you have enjoyed... Well, we hope that you have survived... Our commentary for Godzilla 1998. It is a truly horrible film. We have 
much higher expectations for Godzilla 2014. We're really looking forward to seeing that this weekend and talking about it on our next episode of the Drive Home Breakdown, which should be coming out sometime early next week. Be sure and join us for that. We'll look forward to hearing what you all think of the film. But right now, remember pro driving tip number 54. If you ever need to track down the radio frequency for a cab driven by Jean Renault, you look under the letter B. For badass Frenchmen, see you next time. We'll be right back.